Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. We had had a huge response yesterday to my call from Eileen about the state of school places in East Cork. It's a massive election issue. We thought it was a big one. It's bigger than we ever thought. It really is a problem. We'll get more on that later this morning. Also, the question that comes out of it, which we were just having a discussion on in the office yesterday and again this morning, and it was pretty big on Dee's social because she shared it yesterday. Um, would you put an 11 or 12 year old on a public bus to commute into the city for school from East Cork? Now, not a school bus, a public bus, and maybe another bus at the end of it. At 11, would you put your child on a bus to do that? That comes up later. Also, a woman, I spoke to her last night, her daughter has spina bifida, and she's been telling me that at this stage, she's now terrified that her little girl will be taken into care because of their living conditions. She's a council tenant and she's terrified that her little girl will be taken off her and taken into care because of the conditions in which they're living. Also, an animal sanctuary might have to close down unless it can raise a lot of money. We'll have the stories of the day as they break, particularly the ones on the election trail. On posters, I'll tell you more about that through in the morning. Uh, If the posters near you are breaking the rules... Let me know. But first of all, a little bit of light relief before we get into the heavy-duty stuff of the morning. Why would anybody in their right mind watch a video of somebody popping pimples and squeezing blackheads? Yeah, that's exactly what I said, popping pimples and squeezing blackheads. But um, I have no idea why, but Christine, who's a beautician and skin therapist from Cork, <laughs> get this, she's got 26,000 followers. 26,000 followers on Instagram watching her with all sorts of gunky stuff that she posts every single day. Now, she's based in Boston, right? And out of pure curiosity, I simply had to find out more. Christine, we came across your business and your videos uh, in a WhatsApp group that your videos got shared with us. Videos are... Oh, no way. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> videos are a bit strange I'll get to them in a minute but like you're from Cork you're in Boston you've got yeah. a couple of successful businesses let's start at the start yeah. how did you end up there? Um, I ended up here uh, 11 years ago um, it was about the time when like you know I was what I was like 27 yeah. 27 and everybody was kind of going travelling so just an opportunity came up to come to Boston and I was going to come for a year and right. I'm here 11 years later. Yeah. And you've still <laughs> got the accent. I'm impressed. I still have the accent. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Even though sometimes my family would tell me I sound like a bit of a yank, but I'm like, yeah. Oh, God, not from here you don't. i tell you that much now. <laughs> and two businesses. I have two salons. I do have two locations. So I started my original one, which would be my biggest one, in Quincy. So Quincy would be about 15 minutes, like, 
south of Boston. Right. And then I opened up a second one in Dorchester, so that would be like the Boston area, but it's they're probably about 20 minutes away from one another. Right, right. And, and that's a smaller one. Do you kind of commute between the two, or what's the I tend to stay in the Quincy one the most. I actually have a great bunch of Irish girls that work over in the Dorchester one, so they tend to kind of like keep that one going. I tend to be in the Quincy one because it's the bigger one. And then I have a few people that work for me that will kind of go back with us forward to stock or, you know, I will go over there like once a week to make sure that everything is running okay. Yeah. But normally I'm in the Quincy one. Right. Now, let's get to this video. Um, so, as I said, we have a little WhatsApp group here and someone dropped a, an Instagram link into it and click on it and the next thing, there you are and you're squeezing <laughs> a flipping blackhead and you've got 26,000 people looking at videos if you're squeezing. Now, what possessed you? <laughs> what possessed you to start taking videos of squeeze? How much of your business is squeezing blackheads anyway? So that's mainly what I do. Like ninety percent of what I do is skincare. So you know, a lot of it is extraction. Like you have to get the blackheads and stuff out. You know, they're irritants to the skin. They cause like pustules. So that is like one of the main parts of what we do in a facial. So this is what I've been doing for like 17 years. Right. And um, my social media girl was like, you know, Christine, like we should maybe get more videos of this. So about like a year and a half ago, I started taking like some videos, but it's more lately I've been better at it. Like I work full time and doing the social media stuff is nearly like a full time job in itself as well. So I've been trying to be better. Right. So I've just, I just, did the videos and then I've been putting them up and they're getting great following. Like people love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah love them. The world. Do you actually say to a client, come here, that big yoke on the end of your nose that's yellow with a hair coming out of it, I can get rid of that, but I'd like to film it for Instagram. <laughs> actually, people don't care, especially like Americans. They're very kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, so... Some of them would be like, oh, that's fine, but make sure you can't see my face as much. Right. But um, so we try to kind of like go in as far as we can. So like the person feels more comfortable about us showing it on like Instagram. Like, you know, it can be kind of. Uh, there's there's one where you. Some people. There's one where you use a kind of a, a yoke with the a loop. hole in it. Yeah. Yeah, the loop. The loop. So and you that, press. I use that. And, and all of a sudden there's a kind of. All this gunk. <laughs> I mean, that's gross. It's fantastic. It's like, I love my job. It's the best part of it. <laughs> oh, get away. Oh, great. Another one. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. It's actually because I actually did that client last week. She's like 17. And obviously they're the best because when they're younger, they just have more sebaceous secretions and stuff like that. So I was like finishing up her facial. I actually have another video to go off of like what I had done on her skin. And then whatever way I looked, I saw the three of them in her ear. I swear it was like Christmas. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I enjoyed doing them so much. They were like the best I've done in a long time. So the more goo gunk you get to the extract, better. the better you feel. Yeah. 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 Excitement. Yeah. <laughs> See, now we have our own Cork version of Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> That's just, everybody's been calling me here. They're like, you're like the Pimple Popper. I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't getting this stuff out for people. See, thing is, many years ago we were told, don't squeeze these yes. things. Yes. Yeah, don't. But the problem is, is they don't come out on their own. So you don't want to do it yourself because by doing it yourself, you're damaging the skin. 
what I'm doing is like I love to skin prep with steam, peels. You know, I have my loop. I have that lancet, which will see it's like a needle that I use that okay. goes in and it opens up the skin. So I'm not actually causing any trauma to the skin. But when you do it yourself, you will tra- you will put trauma to the skin and it can cause broken capillaries. It can um, cause the muscles to be broken underneath. So, you know, we do it on a different process. This isn't like your mother grabbing you at the bottom no, of the stairs in the morning. No. And you're convinced she's got wrists like Peter O'Mahony. I think everybody had that mother, right? <laughs> everybody had that mother. <laughs> Morning, ma'am. Everybody had that mother. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be that mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, but uh, no, when we do it, it's definitely a lot more advanced what we're doing. Right. And I'm amazed so many people actually follow these people love it. gunky videos. Yeah. <laughs> and it's mainly women. Men get actually a bit more turned off by it. I've had like some like men comments under my videos being like, why would you put that on the internet? And so, then you've got people out there who've dealt with this all their lives and they haven't been able to find somebody who can help them. So <laughs> What part of Cork are you from originally? I'm from a croom. Ah. I'm from the croom. That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and do you get home much? If you want down there. <laughs> do you get home much? I do try and come home about like twice a year. Okay. The last time I was home was like last September. So I'm hoping now to get home now for um, the summer sometime. So, yeah. I get do you into one home. of the shopping centres, do a pop-up shop. Get it? Yeah. I know, yeah. I actually had a girl the other day, she's from Cork, and she's like, you need to like do this when you come home. And I was like, oh, that's food for thought. Maybe I could do like a day or two someplace. Oh, for God's so, sake. Um, yeah, actually, I've had a few people say that to me. Listen, great to talk to you. And continued success. It's great to hear of someone doing oh, so well. It's IB Christine on Instagram if anybody feels like having their stomach turned. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Take care now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Guess woman, indeed. Christine. IB Christine on Instagram. Two successful salons in Boston. Nice way to start the story, start the morning. We, we've got a, a lot to get through, so we just said we'd let you have that one as a little bit of a laugh, I guess, as you come to the end of the school run or whatever you're on. Now, coming up next, I went to see a woman last night. I went to see her. Um, she's petrified at the moment. Um, now, she's been in the papers and she's been in the media a little bit. Her name is Rose Jones. But at this stage, she's, she's living in fear because she believes that Tusla may soon want to take her child into care because her child has spina bifida and the conditions in which they live are so bad she's frightened. Imagine living with that kind of a fear. You can hear that next. 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in solidfueldepot.ie. Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Rock Bingo, Dean Rock Business Park Toker. Spacious restaurant, high-tech beauty rooms and Ireland's largest bingo facility. Rockbingo.ie. Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's 
Gold, Imro award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Quartz 96 FM. Oh, there's some sick individuals listening to this program. I tell you now, Tanya on WhatsApp, squeezing pimples, she says, is so satisfying, especially when you get the gunk out. And Nat says, well, my breakfast just went in the bin. Thanks, lads. Mags. Mags, I'm shocked and horrified at you. This is, this is torture. This is, this, you could, they could employ you in the, secret, in the secret police. Mags says, I'm brutal for it. Adrian could be sound asleep. But if I spot a pimple on his back, I'll squeeze it. Not sure which is funnier, the spot squeezing or him jumping up to see what the hell I'm doing. Ah, Mags. Kevin says, because of my job, I get oil in the pores of my skin. As soon as I get home, my missus is a dead eye, spotting them. And she's like a viper. I mean, with the nails. It's sadistic, but I love her. Why can't I do? <laughs> yeah. 1850 From the... Oh, and Kate says, we're already squeezing a lot into the programme. Thank you, Kate. From the ridiculous to the very sublime. As I said, last night I went to see uh, Rose, Rose Jones. Her daughter... Patricia, uh, she's been looking to have Patricia and the rest of the family rehoused now for a number of years because Patricia has spina bifida and where they're living is totally unsuitable for someone in that condition. It's unsuitable in many ways, but they can't get out of it to the point where, as she revealed to me, she's now living in fear that Patricia will end up in care. So, Rose, you're in the house in Grattan Street since when? Uh, 2014, October. Right. Yeah. And it's totally unsuitable for Tricia. Tell me why. Um, well, she has to climb stairs every other day and um, it's a hazard. Yeah. Like she has spina bifida, so she, she can't... Does she, has she, can she walk? She can walk, thank God she can walk, but um, what it is is there's an, an awful lot of obstacles in her way in the house. She has to climb the stairs to get to a toilet, to get to her bedroom and to... I've been on to Cork City Council because I am in fear of my child's life. Mm. Now, at the end You're of the day... You're a council tenant, yeah? Yeah, I am a council tenant, yeah. 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 Um, now, I'm in fear of her, Trisha's safety. Like, uh, it's just not just her safety, it's her mental health. Mm. Uh, she's refusing to go to school for me where I am worried in case the social worker from Tusla would knock on my door and take my child away. Mm. Now, I am very worried and concerned for my daughter. Mm. I have asked numerous TDs, councillors, and I actually got onto Dublin to ministers for help. Now, I've been told basically to paddle my own canoe and keep bringing Cork City Council every other day. Mm. You've shown me letters, you've shown me files, you've shared confidences with me, which I appreciate and I won't share with anybody else. But according to solicitors, more than one, that house is completely unsuitable for you and your children. That's correct. And also, like, I am paying rent to them there. Now, I have windows that are hanging out. My daughter is inside that room, Sersha. She's nearly 20 years of age. She started a job last month. No, she had to give up that job. Well, sorry, I tell you the truth. 
she got sacked yesterday. She's very upset. Now, she was sick for weeks over that room. Now, my son is in another room. It's full of damp, single-glazed windows. There's no handles on the doors. There's no facilities there for Tricia to take care of herself, for her to become a young woman, to take care of herself because no one's going to live forever. And I want to, her, Tricia especially, to get her education and be able to take care of herself in years to come when I'm not there to do it because I won't be here forever. Now, she goes to a Cope Foundation school who you said to me are brilliant with her. But at the moment, she's just refusing to go. That's correct. Why, why? Why? Is she able to communicate with you? Is she able to tell you why she won't go? Um, my social worker came from Cope Foundation this morning and um, like that we had a chat about Trisha. And like I explained to him, to him that I, I think Trisha is depressed, but she doesn't, like, I can't tell when she's depressed because... Mm. Does she, uh, does she talk? She does talk, but, yeah. like... She's, does she talk to you? She do. She do talk to me, like, and, like, she wants back her garden. And, like, she always had a garden, the front and the back. You no, know, we have a backyard, and a front door, whereas an alley outside there, where there's an awful lot of antisocial behaviour, drug use, alcohol abuse, everything is going on down there. I wouldn't even want to mention half the things that's going on down there because it's disgusting. Also, um... I don't know, it's like um, my sister Martina was telling me there's a condition there called SAD. Mm. And it's when a person gets so depressed because there's no natural sunlight, the lights are on morning, noon and night. Mm. Um, at the point, at this point, she's more or less, I think, taken to her bedroom. She is in her room mm. all the time and she mm. might come down to for a cup of tea. Like, she's at a stage, no, she wants to make a cup of tea, mm. but I can't lower. Why? The countertops are too high. Do you know, like, do you know, she is getting bigger, like, but mm. at the end of the day, there should be a certain level for her mm. because she is a wheelchair user. I know she don't use the wheelchair indoors, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, and your fear is that if she continues to refuse to go to school, that the school will be obliged to report it to Tusla under the law, yeah. which they would be, and you're afraid then of a knock on the door. Exactly. And, like, why, why should we be suffering, like, because at the end of the day... We're suffering because properties are not there for disabled people. I'm not the only person in Cork City suffering. There's other families there all over Ireland. They're in properties that are not suitable for people with special needs or even elderly people. We're not being looked at. I've been watching the telly for the last few days about all these politics. Not once did I hear any of them mention anything about people with disabilities. And it's starting to annoy me, you know, because I'm being ignored and there's people out there with disabilities being ignored mm. and I can't understand why there's no one shouting out about people with disabilities. It's your, doc- your doctor has written, doctors yeah. have written, solicitors have written. Yeah. And, like, has the council said anything to you in response to the letters from the doctors and the letters from the solicitors? Um, I'm being ignored. I feel like I'm being ignored, like because there's uh, TDs there writing in for me, and TDs are sending me back copies of the letters. But yet again, I'm not getting any correspondence from Cork City Council. I go down there, and I tell you the truth. Half the times, I just feel like I'm muck under shoes. Mm. 
I really do feel like that because I'm not being like mm. Trisha is. I feel like Trisha is not being recognised. Mm. You said to me you're afraid, you're most afraid she'll get a fall. A f- no, she already had oh, falls. Has she? she had a few falls in that house, yeah. And I actually fell down the stairs a few occasions with her, or bringing her up, or I dislocated my finger there in the summertime. Mm. And, um, and she has a shunt in her head. She so. has a shunt, yeah, mm. and that's very worrying as well because once they fall. And if she bangs that shunt, like if anyone could understand what that shunt is, they drilled a hole into my child's side of her head to get a tube from her brain to get the fluid off her brain to go into her stomach. It's like a pump at the side of her head. Mm. Now, imagine falling on like even a rock there. Yeah, and banging your head. Where yeah, that, that, she that actually, thinking about it, doesn't She actually have a shunt there where there is like a hole in her skull where there's a machine in her head mm. that sticks out if you felt it. And she's climbing upstairs. Climbing upstairs, falling in the bath. It's just unreal. Like, even mm. in, she, can't e- she can't even wash herself. Yeah. Like at night when you're in bed and she's getting up, going around. Must yeah. be very frightening. It is, yeah. But, you know, her vision is impaired. She's, you know, and even down in that house, my own eyesight has gotten very bad. My own neighbour... Sharon Hart. the dark, is it? Yeah, she's, she's getting glasses. I'm going to get my eyes tested, Sarah, should Tyrone, the whole lot of us. We have to. We're blind from the house. No natural sunlight. Trisha has vision impaired. Mm. And it's, it's like, this is going to get worse as long as she is down in the house. Yeah. yeah, and I'm very, very worried and concerned. And there's no one helping her down in Cox City Council. No, I've been down there for years asking them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an election on at the moment. Um, has anybody come down that laneway and knocked on your door? Um, there has been a knock today, but I wouldn't open it because whoever was knocking on the door got chased up the alley by the, the dog. <laughs> and I think they locked onto his leg. I'm sure, I'm sure it was the fella Maher from the Labour Party, yeah. John. John, John Maher, yeah, I think it was anyway. <laughs> But I wouldn't go out, like. Well, if he's if he's listening, he'll recognise the story. Yeah. But in in all seriousness, you're just asking for someone to come in and look at what your daughter is living with, the danger that she's in. And they must and, u- and they must understand there in Cox City Council as well that in 2014 we went into Edel House. We were there for nine months. We came out on the October. We were put in a house at the side alley of Edel House, the back door of Edel House. There's nowhere for that child to play. And I was thinking myself, maybe that's why she don't like going to school, because she's not interacting with other children in the area. Mm. There's no other children in the area. It's like, do you know, it's just very, very hard on Trisha. I am so worried about her future that it's out of my hands. I can't do any more than what I'm doing for her. Thank you for sharing all this confidential information with me, which I obviously won't share with anybody else, but what I will say is that I have read here tonight letters from doctors, letters from solicitors, imploring of the council to do something. Now, let's be fair, they did offer you a place in Grange, but you just can't take that. Oh, I couldn't go down to Grange. I don't drive, and all my family are from the south side of the city, Toker, Ballyvihan area. I have sisters in Toker. Mm. I have family in Ballyvihan. Grange isn't that far away. It's on the bus, but then again... But you see, like... The house that they offered me down there, what they said it was adapted, but I actually got a look of a video of the inside of that house where there was a shower up over a bat again. Mm. No handrails, no nothing. Yeah. And out the back thing, there's like a little yard, 
and they say climbing Mount Everest mm. because it's all steps up into the garden. And she needs her own bathroom. She needs yeah. to be living on the flat. And learning time. how to take care of herself yeah. because she's one very, very bright child. Yeah. She loves her technology. That's her best friend. Mm -hmm. She's making up her own music at the moment. She's trying to make her own little CD. So she's into music and everything like that. But it's a shame because this little girl here, like she can grow into one very, very, very clever person yeah. that she could do the world. She so just needs a break. She do need a break. She yeah. do God help us. Like she was supposed to die at birth, that if she didn't survive inside the womb, that when she come out, she wouldn't have long to live. Mm. And 14 or 15 years later. She's a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. She is a fighter all the way. No, she came this far and like, I want her to go further in life. Really, I do. Catherine's been on to say that uh, her daughter has special needs. Respond housing are amazing. And maybe, um, may maybe Rose should talk to them. It's an awful situation, and it is. Another caller says, why doesn't Rose and others like her take Cork City Council to the European Court of Human Rights? I think she should. Well, last night, I must say, sitting up there in, the, in, in, in her partner's house, we were up there last night, like the, the sheaf, the thick file of letters from solicitors and letters from doctors imploring of the council, telling the council this is just not suitable and imploring of the council to get a move on and get something for, for Patricia in particular. It's a big, thick file. It's as thick as a small phone book, so it is. But no go, no go. Actually, can I just mention, um, thank you, by the way, to, to Rose and to Ernie, her partner, for... Uh, having me up to visit last night, discovered when I got there that a uh, hundred years ago, myself and Ernie actually worked together in a bakery. God almighty, it's such a small world. And a, me a mention as well from my new friend, my new friend Strongbow the dog. <laughs> we made pals very quickly. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Focus coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late, seven days. Solidfueldepot.ie The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. The 96FM Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a non-profit organisation, or if you're involved in a fundraising event, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email your event details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary. With the Wellbeing Network, it's time to look after you. See the wellbeingnetwork.ie On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 On Cork's 96FM. Like I said, we had a huge response yesterday to Eileen Burns. Eileen was telling me about the situation in which she and her daughter, her family, find themselves at the moment. Her daughter is preparing to go to secondary school and she can't get a place in any of the three local schools in the local catchment area. And it's becoming a major worry for the family and for the daughter. And in response to that, we had a flood of complaints from people in a similar situation. So we said we'd uh, get in touch with Junior Minister David Stanton 
uh, who's uh, representing that area down in, in, in East Cork. Minister, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Can I just play you back a clip of what Eileen told me yesterday, just to refresh maybe yours and our listeners' memories? Yeah. Okay. Please. We received three different letters in November, all refusals, no places. Nothing. Nothing. 54th on the waiting list for St. Al's, 104th on the waiting list for St. Mary's, and 106th on the waiting list for St. Coleman's, which was her preferred choice. So, where, yeah. where does that leave you now? This is the question. The lack of information then uh, is, is staggering. It's Obviously, we're not alone. Now, unfortunately for us and for my daughter, she is the only child in her class with no place. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, and it's devastating. How many are in her class? There's 29 or 30, I'm not sure. But she's the only one currently with no place. This needs to go to the TDs. This needs to go to the people that have access to the Department of Education, access to the ministers. Mm. Like, this has been allowed to happen. This didn't sneak up on them. I want answers, and I want answers for my daughter. She's coming in from school crying. She's asking every day did a letter come in the post. It's like she even put it on her Santa list, PJ. It's getting serious down there, David, and that call was followed by loads more messages of people in the same position. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm sorry this is happening, and I understand completely the the worries and the stress that uh, children and their parents are under because of this. Uh, we had a similar situation in the schools, in some of the schools last year, not as severe as this year, um, but by August, all the children uh, were accommodated. Um, I was quite concerned about it last year. There are a number of things that are driving this. First of all, demand does seem to be higher in East Cork, Carrytool, and Middleton, and even in Formoy, um than previously. But one phenomenon that has, that has arisen is that there are parents, and understandably, are applying, as that lady did, to different schools. And uh, last year, what we discovered was uh, parents had applied to more than one school and had been offered places in more than one school, including schools in the city. Um, and then as the year went on, the, 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 the waiting list dropped back. Now, what's happening this year, and I welcome it, is that all the schools in, in East Cork are having their entrance assessments on the same day. And what happened last year was when that happened, the the waiting list dropped dramatically after that, and then we knew what we were dealing with. Mm. So they're all having them now on the fifth of February, thankfully. Mm. And but, but her daughter isn't sitting them. Oh, I know. There's, we, no yeah. point. there's no There's no well, places. Yes. Well, what happens is the this is not a kind of an entrance exam or anything. Just an assessment they do. And what happened last year again was that the children who weren't able to have the assessments on the first day, uh, were, when they were offered places in the school, subsequently they were they were given the assessments then. Yeah. So that will happen. Um, we're very, very conscious of it, PJ. As you know, I was teaching myself for 20 years in yes. St. Cormans in Middleton. And um, and I, I've i been in constant contact with all the school principals here, uh, with the ETB and with the Minister's mm-hmm. Department. So we're very, very... It's, it's a fair question that she raises, though, uh, David. Th- this didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen even over the last 12 months. This has been brewing for a number of years. Why was it allowed to happen? Well, you see, as I said, part of the problem we have is that the multiple enrollments issue. And and we're, as I, we had the same problem last year. And the, the waiting lists... Um, 
changed dramatically once the assessments occurred. That's and almost the, blaming the parents. Isn't it's it? not, not really. No, it's, I suppose it's the system, PJ, and there have, there have been proposals for some kind of a central application system for schools. Now, I understand they have something like that in Limerick, where you apply to a central body and, and you put your preferences down and so on, and then you get your offers. Um, different schools, boards of management have different um, entrance yes. and enrolment policies as well, yes. which complicates it. Some boards, for instance, will say if you have a sibling in the school or if you were a parent went to the school or a staff member, um, a child would, would get a priority and then after that they have a lottery yeah. system. Yeah, that happens in a lot of places. It does. But, but isn't there a whole catchment area clause as well? In no. The schools, in, no. the schools in Eileen's catchment area are obliged to accommodate her daughter. Well, you see... I'm determined that every child will have a place in September as I was last September. Um, and until the assessments occur, we want a clearer picture. And even then, PJ, what happens is um, there are children whose parents enroll them in city schools, which isn't far away. They might be working in the city, for instance, and travelling up and it's convenient for them. So they would apply to city schools. And they get a, if they get an offer in a school in the city then and an offer in a school in Middleton or Carrigtool, they will then say... You know, and this has happened in the past to the principal. So the, the situation might become clearer. You mentioned you mentioned the city because yeah. Eileen went on to tell us how she she only one of the schools offered her a, an option to to appeal, um, and in fairness, that was only an appeal on the grounds of did the school act correctly, in which she gives due credit to the fact that it does. Yeah. But right now she's facing something else that she that she she told me about, which leaves her in a difficult situation. Here's another clip from my conversation with Eileen Burns. You possibly are facing your daughter having to commute to the city. This is what they're saying. They will give her, I said, like, I want an answer. What will happen to the kids that don't get a place? And I've eventually, I've got a kind of half-baked answer. They will be offered the next available place. That could be the city. Mm. Or they will be offered a home tuition package. Yeah. Like, I'm just not accepting that. Nor can I send my daughter into the city. She's... Uh, She's an 11-year-old. She'll be 12 in September from Castle Martyr. Do you know? I mean, how is she even going to get there? We both work. Yeah. We leave the house in the morning. We're all gone out of this house in the morning here at half a state at the very latest. Um, is my son going to be getting on a bus at 8 o'clock going to Middleton? We're going to go to work. Where is she going? We yeah. don't know. She faces putting an 11-year-old child on public transport, Minister. Now, that shouldn't happen. And I'm... I'm very optimistic that it won't. As I say, we had a similar situation last year here uh, in East Cork, and all the, the waiting lists melted away as the year went on. Mm. Uh, and, and you know, we are watching it closely. The 5th of February is the, is the date for assessments, and after that we'll be in contact So are you, are you suggesting to her to maybe give it another few weeks? Well, the, the, I'm, I'm determined to do all I can, and I have been on this uh, since this time last year. Sorry, uh, as I, I, you I know, cut across you. Just yeah. one thing you mentioned, the 5th of February, the assessment. Is it not important? She has already said to me that like her daughter won't be doing this because there's no point. No, but you see, what happens? What happened last year was the waiting lists actually reduced dramatically after the 5th of February. When the, and and the, the other thing that we've done now recently as well, and this wasn't clear, clear until very recently, is that principals now will be able to share, share, um, share information as to who... Uh, has enrolled Wasn't in their there schools. a GDPR problem there? No, there isn't. We thought there was, and the department and the minister got legal advice on that, specifically okay. actually because of East Cork. And we've, we've not been advised that that's not the case. So here's hoping that something will resolve itself. Just another thing, too. Again, in the course of this, uh, when we put uh, out, uh, um, 
Onions Call. We we got rumours, and I stress that they're rumour. Is there a problem with the extension project at St. Coleman's? No. The extension project in St. Coleman's, there was an issue there, because, as you know, the, the there was an issue there with the builder who, who went, uh, went out of business. Um, and then there was a lot of work had been completed, and if everything had worked properly, the building school thing would be open now, by now. But um, they had to go back in the PG and scope out the whole building to make sure that the work that had been done by the previous builder was up to standard. Uh, otherwise, they'd have to knock it down and start again because you wouldn't get cover or insurance and mm. obviously it had to be safe. Now that's been done and the uh, uh, a contractor has been appointed to go in there and to finish the building. I'm told it'll be done by November. Okay. There's 34 more rooms, full size gymnasium and so on. It was very frustrating for all of us that this happened. That should solve a lot of problems. It should indeed. And Is there an opening date then for that development? Well, the, um, we expect that it'll be done, I'm told, by, by November. And um, the, the, so there are a few weeks there to be managed uh, uh, where that school will have, hu- will have a huge capacity at that stage. But as I say, we're, we're, the department will, will act immediately and the department is very, very conscious of the needs here. Um, if, so every children, I'm determined that, that every child will have a school place in September. And I really am sorry, and I understand from my own past as a, as a teacher and homeschool community liaison and guidance counsellor that the stress that children could be under mm. but I want parents who listen to this to rest assured that she's lying to her child we are very 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 pure very frustration she's lying to well, her child I, I'm so, that, really sorry that's happening we had the same situation last year and it did clarify itself but we are very very aware of it um we're looking for a longer-term uh, solution. Um, as you know, there's a, a massive plan to build a thousand school, uh, thousand mm. people school in Carrick Tool. That that's in the planning process at the moment. Long it's, process, though. We've talked about that before. It's 38 million euro project. Three three schools on the one site. Uh, the biggest project the public education has ever undertaken. Yeah. Uh, but it has to go through the statutory yeah. planning process. And, and that's going to be. We, we we did talk about that previously, you and me. That that that's that's a long a long-term thing. But it will hopefully now, happen. The, 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 the current school. There is in temporary accommodation. It's a brilliant school, yeah. and the parents are very pleased with the staff and what's going on there. So, your and advice, the, Minister, at this point is to parents like uh, Eileen hold on for a little while because once the assessments are done, things will, will ease. Is well, that, what I, that, that was our experience last year. Okay. Now, it didn't ease fully. I mean, we still had children right up to um, August, a small number, about half a dozen children who were still looking for places, and the schools did accommodate them at that stage. And we, I was in contact with all the schools right throughout uh, There's the another year. issue there, actually, that you mentioned it, and again, it, it comes up. Like, if, okay, August, you might say, Grand, listen to me, um, you know, uh, if you get a letter in June, then you can start budgeting for uniforms, books, that mm. kind of thing. If you get a letter in August, you have to go around looking for uniforms and books like you mightn't have the budget. You know, people need to find out these things in May or June. People love to get book lists in June so they can buy them throughout the, the summertime when they have a couple of quid here and a couple of quid there. Yeah. You know, there's a massive outlay to getting a child to secondary school. Finding out in August is difficult. It is very difficult. Now, thankfully, the number was small, but even so, those families were under stress and under pressure. They were in contact with me here, and I was, and we were all in contact with the schools, and eventually everyone got resolved. Um, even so, at that stage, I understand the previous year, there were children who arrived into a school in August and told principals, well, we're not going to your school now, we're going to a different school. So this is the kind of movement that's going on all the time. Um, whether a central application system would work, I don't know. The city would actually 
complicate that a lot. Okay. Just for your information as well, there are also plans to build a new school, uh, 400 pupil school and maybe even 600 pupil school in Cove. Okay. The, uh, okay. the ETP school in Cove is okay. going to be upgraded uh, and the school in Yall is getting a major upgrade as okay. well. One, one last question before mm-hmm. I let you go. Uh, Brian has come through on WhatsApp. Um, thousands of new houses built in Carrick Tool 10 years ago or so. No forward planning since then for new schools or infrastructure to deal with the generation of kids who are now young teenagers. Forward planning is the problem here, Minister. Yeah, well, a decision was made quite a while ago to build a thousand pupil school in Carrick Tool. Money was set aside for it. The There was a huge complication acquiring the site which is an ideal site within walking distance mm. of an awful lot of homes and houses uh, that site was acquired it was one of the officials told me it was complicated acquisitions they ever had then and then they went into the planning pro- design and planning process so it's ongoing it, mm. it's frustratingly slow yeah. Uh, and there were some issues with, with the Which, as I said, well. we discussed. Just already have been messages in asking me, what's the story with Cove? What's this thing you're saying about Cove? Yeah, the, the um, ETB in Cove, uh, Education uh, Training Board, uh, school in Cove is to be, uh, as the department has approved, a new build um, for a 400-pupil school, and that may actually go to 600 pupils. Right. When's that likely to start? Um, the... The um, time scale, I'm told, for the new bill should be in place by 2023, 2024, all going according to plan. Mm, who, ATB, who will be the patrons of that school? Well, the, educa- the, the ATB themselves. Right. And there's also a, a huge extension approved for the school in Yall, public school in Yall as well. Okay. So, um, that be mixed or boys and girls? That, that is, that, that's, a, that's already in place, Cove. as you know. It's a thousand pupil school in Yall. Yeah, the, the one in Cove, will that the be The school is, is mixed as well as it stands, and okay. that will remain the same. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Listen, I'll leave it there for now. Uh, Minister David Stanton, uh, thank you very much. 1850 uh, everything, everything a minister says at the time of the election is in the future. This is all spin. Well, we did ask him to come on and address the situation, and he's done that, and we thank him for it. He's saying to people it will ease off at the end of February because the assessments will have been done. Now, we'll come back to it, and we'll see. And if it is a thing that they're back in government, we'll be putting it to them. Why didn't you do it? But for now, he says, look, give it some time. It'll ease off. Brian's point is, of course, important. They should have seen this coming, which is what Eileen was saying. They should have seen this coming. All these housing estates, all these families, all this. East Cork has become increasingly densely populated over the last 10 years. They're kind of bringing the schools in afterwards. But look, that's that's such as it is. Just on that second issue that um, Eileen brought up, like I said, we had a, we had a discussion on it. Uh, both on social media, it went mad on, on these Facebook and, and on, our, on our Twitter. Some people sympathetic, some people not so much. Um, Mr Mansfield, I'm looking at you. But there were others um, who wanted to get engaged in it. Here's what Eileen said she, she thinks she may be facing for her daughter. You possibly are facing your daughter having to commute to the city. This is what they're saying. They will give her, I said, like, I want an answer. What will happen to the kids that don't get a place? And I've eventually, I've got a kind of half-baked answer, they will be offered the next available place, that could be the city, mm. or they will be offered a home tuition package. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just not accepting that, nor can I send my daughter into the city. She's, a, she's a, an 11-year-old, she'll be 12 in September, from Castle Martyr. Do you know? I mean, how is she even going to get there? We both work. We leave the house in the morning. We're all gone out of this house in the morning here at half a state at the very latest. Um, is my son going to get on a bus that 
8 o'clock going to Middleton. We're going to go to work. Where is she going? We yeah. don't know. That raises the whole debate of here she is, 11 going on 12. I did put it to the ministry, said that's unacceptable, which we all know that. That's stating the obvious. But, like, would you put... And we had There were some people said, hey, come on, we all did it in our time. We commuted, we got buses here, we walked, we cycled, we did. We, yeah, we did, but it was a different world. Would you put your 11-year-old, Stoke 12-year-old, on a public bus? Now, not a school bus. We're not talking about school buses here. On a public bus from Castle Martyr to Cork in the morning. And maybe they'd have to walk or get another bus from bus station to wherever the other school was. And then in the afternoon, get another bus back. At 11 or 12 in the lawless city that we now live in, or the virtually lawless city that we now live in, would you do that? Or do some people have to just suck it up? You can't have everything you want. If you choose to live in the country, then there are certain sacrifices that you have to make. That's another argument that people... What would you think? 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 83 96 96 96 Hi PJ, this is the next crisis after housing. Developers are building houses in areas where there are no school places. Currently happening in Cove. There's a new estate going up. 200 odd houses. The schools are full. You don't need a degree in economics to know that this will be an issue in a few years' time. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Pages and pages of responses to David Stanton and the whole East Cork schools issue. It's a big one down there. Certainly is. The minister, in talking to us this morning and listening back to what Eileen had to say yesterday, has moved to reassure people that it will be sorted and that hopefully, hopefully, when the assessments are over and other things start happening, like people taking their names off other lists when they get a place in one school or the other, hopefully, but he's not guaranteeing that they, it'll all be sorted. It's all a bit feckin' vague, though, isn't it? Like, to be fair, 1850-715-996, text 083-396-9696, and your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Let's hope, says uh, David Stanton, puts his money where his mouth is, We've heard all this before. The lists are worse than last year. This is in the phone. Also, St. Coleman's have said that even with their new building open, it doesn't increase capacity of students. It just provides extra facilities for existing students. Already, they're overcrowded down there. Do you see? Let's go to Neve Wild. Uh, you're trying to get an Educate Together secondary into Middleton. Is that right, Neve? Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, PJ. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, some time ago, I suppose the, the, the topic of secondary school places has always been hot in East Cork. And around 18 months ago, a group of concerned parents uh, got together to discuss it and to see what we could do ourselves. And uh, we had a public meeting in February and we were overwhelmed with the number of people who turned out on, on a cold, wet and windy February night to um, air their concerns about the lack of secondary school places in East Cork. And out of that, we formed a committee uh, to um, campaign for an Educate Together secondary school for the East Cork area. Um, so I suppose uh, it's not just comprised of uh, parents from the Educate Together primary school, but also from um, many of the 22 primary schools that feed all the secondary schools in the East Cork area. 
of those 22 primary schools, PJ, most of them have either um, are either at full capacity or have expanded or have had new builds in recent years. So, uh, you know, that demonstrates the population growth in the area at primary level. And we were aware of this, I suppose, going back 10 years or so and the expansion with, um, you know, people moving to East Cork, um, I suppose, out of need oftentimes, not just because they wanted to live in the country, you know. So but I when the well, oh, need is right, but when, when the railway line, in, improved yes. down there. That, it was Absolutely. obvious that houses and were, was going to follow. And like I put it to the minister, like forward planning. Like when they when they Absolutely. when they improved the railway and started building houses, it's yes. then they should have been saying right where we're going to put schools. Yes, absolutely. And it's not just, I suppose, the railway line. There are plans for, you know, the, the Water Rock Master Plan is still in the pipeline. And that would see another 2,000 homes in between Middleton and Carrickville. Yeah. So that's going to put huge pressure on an already pressurised system. Um, I suppose our own school, we, we've grown from 18 students in 2008 to over 550 students now in the Educate Together system. So, what? Um, uh, uh, yeah, 18 so thought, students in 2008 yeah. and this is yeah. 2020? and you have how many? We have over 550 students. So now we're lucky we're in a fabulous purpose-built building and we've had support from the Department of Education. But I think that the thinking is, um, I suppose, it's not joined up between primary and secondary levels. We we need to see, you know, that, you know, they're looking at their own numbers in the right way. So our group, um, we're fundraising at the moment to commission a report to show the Department of Education that the statistics are there, they're there in the CSO and they're there in their own um, DASH website to show that the numbers are, you know, it's not sustainable, the, the, the number of positions that are there. You know, we've all heard the stories about CCC and the pressure they're under and, the, you know, the almost 30 students from Carrick Tool who didn't get places in their own local school. You just mentioned how St. Coleman's, when the extension is finished, that they will be at full capacity. And that, and that you know, all of the primary schools in that area still mm. have to go, you know, the children have to go somewhere. For us, you have the huge delay, which acknowledged by the Minister, exactly. the huge delay in, in, in yeah. Carrick Tool, which yeah. I think even to be fair to him and being being fair to a minister in the course of an election is not po- is not popular. But let's do it. I, I, is it. And even the people on the ground down there would say it, they never really anticipated how hard it would be to plan this. Well, I suppose uh, I suppose I find that shocking myself because you know we knew um, yeah. you know t- you know in 2012 that the numbers were um, were not sustainable you know and we, uh, you know the figures were there f- with when the CCC project was um, starting. No, what I mean is know, in terms of with the new plan and laying the new plan oh, down yeah. on paper was one thing, but actually getting it done proved yeah. difficult on several uh, levels. Absolutely, and 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 Minister Stanton has always been supportive of uh, particularly the education together movement but education in general but I don't share his optimism that there's going to be places for everybody in September. Now obviously what we're doing isn't going to do anything for children in September but we, we need a long term vision for education second level education in East Cork uh, and what we hope to achieve is is something that has I suppose capacity to grow and expand with the population growth mm-hmm. in the East Cork area um, we have a Facebook page um, East Cork Educate Together Secondary School and we'd appreciate all the support that we can get from anyone okay. because this is people power, you know, we're trying to 
parents trying, you know, who are all busy and all have jobs and working, yes. are trying to push the Department of Education to really see it how it is, okay. and to help alleviate the stress and pressure that you know these children who are facing, you know, their teenagers, which are stressful enough, they don't know where they're going to school, you know. So it's yeah. really tough. It's okay. really tough on families. You know, it is, it is, and it's a massive issue, and and even it's bigger. Dee was saying to me because Dee lives in Cove, as you know, and she yes. was saying to me it's a very big talking point down there. And we knew that. We didn't realise how big it was until we actually started talking about it. Neve, thanks very much. That's uh, Neve, Neve Wild, uh, one of the people looking for a new campaign for a new Educate Together Secondary in, in Middleton. Connor actually on WhatsApp uh, was saying we should ask the group about this. The minister's talking nonsense. The students right now in school in Cork City coming from East Cork due to no place for them last year. East Cork's development plan has massive new builds. The Water Rock development plan, for example, which Neve just mentioned. You need someone on who actually has facts, not just take a canvassing politician's word with no debate. Well, I think, Connor, we did not come down in the last shower. We didn't come down in the last shower or come down the last bend in the river. So I don't think we take anything as face value. But we did ask the minister what he had to say and he said it. 185715996. On the subject of the commute, though, and the question that Eileen raises, look, if no place manifests itself for her daughter right now. Uh, they've said home tuition. They've said home tuition. Or maybe she'd have to commute. Let us just listen one more time to the dilemma that she faces if there is no place. Remember, Eileen is living in Castle Martyr. Both herself and her husband work. Her son is going to a, a local school. He got a place. Her daughter has no place and is supposed to start secondary school in September. Here's the dilemma that Eileen told me she faced. You possibly are facing your daughter having to commute to the city. This is what they're saying. They will give her... I said, like, I want an answer. What will happen to the kids that don't get a place? And I've eventually, I've got a kind of half-baked answer, they will be offered the next available place, that could be the city, mm. or they will be offered a home tuition package. Yeah. Like, I'm just not accepting that. Nor can I send my daughter into the city. She's a, she's an 11-year-old. She'll be 12 in September from Castle Martyr. Do you know? I mean, how is she even going to get there? We both work. Yeah. We leave the house in the morning. We're all gone out of this house in the morning here at half past eight at the very latest. Um, is my son going to be getting on a bus at 8 o'clock going to Middleton? We're going to go to work. Where is she going? We yeah. don't know. There's the dilemma in which she finds herself, because she has to budget for it. She has to say, think about it, even though the minister said, oh, there may well be a place. But what if there isn't? What if there isn't? You have to, as a parent, you have to plan for the worst-case scenario. As a parent, until she's actually sitting in the school with her uniform on and her books on her desk, you take nobody at face value. You plan for the worst possible outcome. What would you do? Would you put... An 11-year-old, well, she'd be 12 by then. She'd be 12 by then. You put a 12-year-old on a bus from Castle Martyr, 8 o'clock in the morning, like thick mornings like this, where it's still dark and cold and wet at 8 o'clock in the morning. Her parents are going to work in their various places. Her brother is gone off to his school on his presumably school bus or being commuting with his mom or his dad as is the most normal thing for them to do. There she is waiting to get a bus into town into the city. There's no, it's not a school bus, a public bus. She's then going to get off that bus maybe at the bus station 
and find another bus to a suburb of the city to go to her school. And then at half three, four o'clock, she's got to get on another bus. Would you put a 12-year-old in that position? Look, we all did it before, I guess, but we're talking about 2020. And do we have anybody listening at the moment whose child has to do that, has had no choice but to do that? And how do they find it? How do they deal with it? 1857-15996. Esther says, isn't this the reason we have a census? So future planning can be put in place. You're not wrong, Esther. You're not wrong at all. Something else as well, of course, is every time every child that's born that goes on the children's allowance list, and that's pretty much all of them, every child that's born for whom children's allowance is claimed has a PPS number. They're in the system before they can eat solid food. So it's not like we discovered yesterday, oh, blast it, there's more kids in September. 1857-15996. Would you let a child of 12 commute from East Cork or West Cork into the city and back again in 2020? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Great deals on all solid fuels with seven-day delivery. SolidFuelDepot.ie Hello? Hello. Hello there. You've won, Una. Woo-hoo. Yay! Delighted. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Congratulations. Well done. You're going to Thanks Bottle with so us. Much. You're going oh, to, my God. You're going to a place you didn't even know existed. Tell me the truth, Una. Bottle with it. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have a clue. Good luck Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> All the consonants. No vowels. Casey and Ross in the morning with Stena Line, where something big has arrived to the Irish Sea. Stena Estrid. Now sailing from Dublin to Holyhead. See this is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833 969696. On Cork's 96 FM. So there's the big moral question for a parent, or the big, not moral question, but it's an agonizing question. You're going to work, your partner's going to work, there's no one else. You're not working in a place where you can commute with the child. What do you do? Do you put the kid on a school bus? Not a side, not a school bus, a public bus. A public bus. Do you have them wait at the bus stop for a public bus at 8 o'clock in the morning in 2020? Is that something that you would countenance? Susan, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Would you do it? No, absolutely not. Um, I really feel sorry for that lady and her little girl. I mean, there's a few issues here. Number one, she's been separated from all her friends. They're, they apparently have got a place in the local school. Yeah. Um, so she's being isolated that way. Aside from the fact lugging her bag across town, the size of the school bags today are absolutely disgraceful. Good point. You know, she's got to lug that across town, back and forth. Now, I get over the wind and the rain. I mean, they're all a little bit protected. Um, we did it long ago. Times were different. It's like comparing apples and oranges. I mean, really and truly, it is totally Because we have had that, and quite a number of people on social media were saying, well, we did it, and it didn't do us any harm. It didn't, you see. PJ, the difference was, a lot of the children came in from the what we called long ago, the country girls. Country girls came from Carrigaline. Uh, they came from Waterfall. Um, I came in from Bishopstown direction. Um, there were no schools. There were like the, the, the whole country has these, um, you know, one and two teacher schools, primary schools in every town and village all over the country. But there weren't secondary schools. 
Yes. So those most of the secondary schools were built in the 60s and, and into the 70s, and particularly further out in the 80s. So there were throngs of children coming into the city centre. So we were all in the same boat. Yes. So, so the whole mentality so of getting on the bus was the bus full was of different. you and your mates anyway. You, and you were with your mates. They were coming from the same town as yourself. Yes. So they were coming from, um, I remember a girl used to come up from Dream League. Yes. I mean, they were on the bus in the morning at, at like half a six. <laughs> and they were the first into school, but they were the first out of school as well because the country buses, inverted commas, left um, at the bus station at, at a quarter past four. So they had to be out. They all left last class at four o'clock on the dot. They upped their books and they were gone. Um, now, and that was people normal. like that might come on and say and, and put on social media and say, well, it didn't do me any harm. Uh, you see, I, OK, I'm coming from it from a different perspective as well. Children today, I believe, are much wiser about certain things. We were thick. And kids today are thick about things that we were wise about. We were reared out on the street. And we fought our own battles. We weren't as protected in that sense as children are today. So even navigating through town is a very daunting prospect for a very young girl. I certainly wouldn't want my... I'd I'd a fine strapping boy, and I wouldn't let him do it. Yes. Town is different today. Well, we're listening to it. Listen, I'm there every day and I don't want to say anything bad about it because every time I do, I get absolutely lambasted for dissing well, the well, city Well, Susan, centre. I'll say it and I have the greatest amount of respect for anyone running a business or, or trying to do business in the city centre. We have got a fantastic city. We I do. love it with every fibre of my being. Me too. But it's got so many problems and parts of it, pockets of it, are dangerous. They are I wouldn't very let a dangerous. dog walk down there. It, listen, PJ, I've walked down to the suppliers, at, you know, in the afternoon, I've, I've gone down to Penny's, done my little bits and pieces, and it can be menacing. Yeah. Not so much in the morning. I'd have no fear of the child going to school in the morning. Mm. But it's coming home from school. Now, we had a social, it was under our social life as well, because we'd all, all our friends from, you know, from St. Al's or South Press, um, would meet outside um, Rocha stores. And, you know, an odd day when we were kind of in fifth year and sixth year when we had a little bit of pocket money, we'd go into Rocha stores, coffee bar, and get our cup of coffee. We were all so sophisticated. Um, so, I mean, th- that that was different, and there was a kind of a fun element to it. And times have changed. Life has changed. Times Life is different. It's not safe. dramatically. Now. And, I mean, I'm going in and out of town on a bus on my own from the time I was nine, nearly ten years old, going into South Preds from Bishopstone. I got either the number five or the number eight, depending which came first. And I walked from the courthouse or I walked from Patrick Street up through um, Princess Street and and up Mary Street. Or I went up where I work now, up South Main Street. Mm. I did that right up until leaving CERT. So from 1969-1970, I have literally been in the city centre every single day of my life. You wouldn't do it now? No. You wouldn't let a child Absolutely do it Absolutely. Oh, okay. Not a hope. Right. And as I said, I don't think it's right for the child herself at a very vulnerable age to be separated from girls she's grown up with and who are her buddies. They're all now um, accepted into a place, into a school, and she's isolated. I mean, that has, that has a huge effect on her mm. psyche. Why is she segregated? Well, she's already she wondering why is she the only one? Why is, is she the fault? only one? She's... I would be absolutely livid. But what I also feel is, you know, there is a certain number of children per classroom. I mean, surely be to God, 
you know, a teacher can put in one more desk and a chair. Can't you see? Really and truly, what difference Can't does it make? You see? Not, they won't be allowed under pupil teacher ratios. It's very strictly reinforced. I remember being in a oh, class of 40. I was in a class of 43. I was in a class of 52. All right. <laughs> Susan, thanks. 1850-715-996. You wouldn't be let do that now. You wouldn't be able to do that now. Anyway, 185715996, the number of the text or WhatsApp, 083-396-9696. Let's do a little poll on this. Would you let your 11-year-old do that journey alone? Let's talk about Castle Martyr because that's where Eileen and her daughter are based. So it could be anywhere. Anywhere 25, 30 miles out, which is what Castle Martyr is, 25 miles. Would And it's you're using the public bus. Would you let your 11 12-year-old, let's say 12, because they ought to be 12 to go to secondary. Would you let your 12-year-old do that journey alone? On the bus, from the county, into the city, maybe across the city on another bus, and back again in the afternoon. Would you let your 12-year-old do that in 2020? 1850 I'll tell you a little story. I told Dee this morning in the office this little story. My daughter went to Regina Mundy. And, of course, we live not very far, up at the top of, up near Maryborough Hill, up near the off club there. And she was mad to get the bus. She was on it and on it to get the bus. Can I get the bus? I need to get the bus. I need to get the bus. So we let her get the bus. Eventually, we let her get the bus. She must have been junior cert. It must have been around junior cert time. <laughs> so after much persuasion, she was allowed to get the bus. And I was going around doing my bits and pieces as I do in the afternoon and I got a text from her to say dad I'm on the bus because I'd said to her text me when you're on the bus and so I know and I'll keep an eye for you at the other end as parents do and then she sent another text she said dad would you ever tell mam to f- off back to work she's behind the bus following me home ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 1850-715-996. We'll go with Leona. We will. We'll go with Leona online five very quickly before a break. Yes, Leona. Hi, PJ. Hi, your son was in a similar situation. 
Yeah, um, he was in primary with all his friends, and when it came to secondary school, we applied. Uh, we didn't have a second option for him, mm. and I didn't. I knew he'd be on a waiting list, thinking that I was going to be out of the attachment area, and he was the only one in the end in his class that never got accepted. Yeah. All the rest of them that applied for the secondary school got in, except for my son. Yeah. So it was devastating, heartbreaking. I went saw the principal, the parish priest, everything. He was on a waiting list. He was. I was told he was seventh. I was told he was eleventh. And I was actually told by the principal, go have a second option for him. And I said I didn't have one. And he said he doesn't know who my child is or what school he comes from. There was an awful lot in between everything that went on. What did you do in the end? I had to go find him another school, and I did. And he's now in uh, St. Aidan's, and he's flying, flying. And how does he get into the bus, does he? Uh, No, I drop and collect him. You drop and collect him. Would you let him get a... What what age is he now? He's 13. 13. Would you let him get a bus on his own in the mornings? No. No. Even just from Blarney, which is on a scheduled city route, would you? We're in Shanachie, so no, I wouldn't. I have um, a six, a seven-year-old as well. Right. So I had to change her from the primary school as well. Right. And uproot her from her friends. So she goes to school all over now. Right. So I have a school run. And I wait. When I collect her again, I have to wait for him to come home. Right. To finish him when I'm home. I, wouldn't, I, don't, I don't think he's mature enough to get the bus. And he's not streetwise enough. It was heartbreaking. And I only what about someone who'd say to you, well, you know what, um, Leona, I was 12 or 13 and I got the bus and it didn't harm I did. me. I did myself. Yes. And well, it didn't harm me, but I think the generation is totally different now. Yes. Yes. Totally. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. All right, Leona, thanks ever so much. 1850-715-996. Let's get a yes or no on that. Would you let, like Leona just said, she did it. She did it. Susan did it. Leona's a younger woman. She did it, but she wouldn't let her son do it. Would you let a 12 or 13-year-old, say 12, take a bus, public bus, from the county into the city to go to school in 2020? Would you let them do that? Would you feel comfortable? Would you let them do it at all? Yes or no to 083 396 We'll take that on text or WhatsApp. I think we might put that up on Twitter as well and we'll collate the whole lot. We'll run it for a little while to see what people think. Would you let 12-year-old, 13-year-old take a bus from a county town or a county village into the city to go to school? 083 396 The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in solidfueldepot.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with your update on Cork's live scene. The Chemical Brothers are set to bring their block rock and beats to Irish Independent Park next June 30th.
Rugged as they join the likes of David Gray, The Script, Dermot Kennedy and Lewis Capaldi at the Munster Rugby Venue. Tickets for all shows are on sale now. Bell X1 return to Cork to play three shows live at St. Luke's next May. The 2020 shows will debut new material along with a lot of the favourites spanning over the last 20 years. Bell X1 Live is always a magical experience and the band are constantly evolving and changing things up for themselves and their fans. Access all areas. If you have a gig show or exhibition coming up in Cork in the next few weeks, drop us a line here at Access All Areas. You can mail us on AAA at 96FM.ie and we'll tell Cork all about it. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. We will keep that going for a little while. I think maybe up to the 11 o'clock news, maybe even a bit beyond, but definitely up to the news. Would you let a 12 year old or 13 year old, a child starting secondary school? Let's. Bring all the ages into that. A child starting secondary school from a county town, anywhere in the county, say 25, 26 miles into the county, would you let them take a public bus into school? Uh, yes or no, if you would. No bloody way, says Mags in Glenmire. Danielle, no way. Mary, no way. Teresa, no. Breda, no. Carmel, no. But then we get a call to say there's plenty of kids taking buses on their own. Admittedly, there's a lot going direct to school by car because mum is working and it's the only way to make the schedule work. That's something that could be looked at. But I don't know where the callers ringing in are saying it's bizarre or troubling to ask a child uh, to go on the bus. There are other kids on the bus. Even if they don't know each other, they tend to sit together. You get to know other parents on the route. Where there's a will, there's a way. It's not a matter of dumping a child on a bus for a long journey on day one. I don't know why so many people feel this is somebody else's problem. You bring the child into the world and it's up to you to make arrangements for it. And we do. No cotton wool here. Thank you. 1850-715-996. One of the most uh, beloved animal sanctuaries in Cork is in serious trouble. It's the Animal Care Society and they've launched a GoFundMe to literally try to save their own skins because times are hard. Albert, good morning. PJ, good morning to you, your colleagues at the station, and the wonderful listeners of the the fantastic station. You're you're doing Cork proud, PJ. Thank, thank, thank you very much. We've 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 spoken before. You've been there for a long time, the Animal Care Society. What are the problems you face now? It's pretty simple, PJ. <clears throat> we've over a hundred and thirty resident animals, right? And in fairness. Everybody is cared for like you yourself would care for a child. The animals to us are, in fairness, they're like our children, PJ. Mm. You know, so that unfortunately costs money. And to just give you some, you know, silly idea. I mean, PJ, say that you had 130 animals and they all take a tin of cat food and we buy them at 65 cents for argument's sake. Now, in fairness, you can't say, hey, Hey, guys, it's weekend. You ain't going to get anything to eat. So, PJ, if you do the sums, I mean, you're spending 30000 literally, and that is on a lousy tin of cat food or dog food. If you can get it for $0.65, cents, maybe Aldi and Little, 
Now, add to that, PJ, I mean, there's so many unseen things which don't meet the eye. Now, in fairness, we have a lot of elderly animals. And PJ, gee, I'm 75. I feel the cold (laughs) an awful lot more than I used to do when I was in my 20s or a spring chicken like yourself. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) ESB was delighted to take over 2,000 euros from us in an electricity bill. PJ, the vets, I mean... I want to I want to literally name a few vets later on if you allow me because they're so good to us and they are wonderful. Mm. But in fairness, PJ, don't take this wrong now. I haven't met a poor vet yet. They have huge <laughs> expenditure. They have to provide their own pension. Yeah. You name it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I get I get, I get what you're saying that they're all, they're always going to, going to have clients. You're, you're there since 2000. The year 2000, isn't it? On the 3rd of October, 2000, in the Kingsley Hotel in Western Road. And we were christened by, you would remember him probably, Brian Birmingham and Ben Boyle. Brian became uh, Lord Mayor later on. They were both councillors. And they were the guys who helped us come up with the Cork Animal Mm -hmm. Care Society. And and are you totally funded by fundraising? Is, Is there any help for you from government? The government, in its wonderful wisdom, gave us 7,000 euros the day before Christmas. And two days later, I had used that PJ to pay our outstanding bills, fraternity bills, made sure that the ESB wasn't going to cut us off. So 7,000 is nothing. I, if I have two bad months and our Facebook page will have showed you an ex, you know, call in the middle of the weekend poor little cat, desperate state. But in fairness now, you can't expect a vet to work Saturday, Sunday for the same rate as they would do during the day. So the, the money is going out, PJ, like water yeah. out in a sea. You have a policy which is a very kind policy but can also be a very expensive policy. You don't believe in putting an animal to sleep unless you have absolutely no option. PJ, since the day, and God may strike me down if this is not true, since the day we were founded, that is exactly what we have done. PJ, I I look at it in a different maybe than the others, right? Sure, if there are a couple of cases, let me give you an example. An animal has been so mistreated and so tortured and so abused, You'd have to face the fact that you'd have to look, lock it up for the remainder of its life. We wouldn't do that. We would euthanize in that case. PJ, another example could be you have a dog, right, who is ripping livestock to pieces. PJ, Tim O'Leary and myself, wonderful vet, Bellity Hop, Artfeld Clinic. Tim and I have been in the field, you know, 13 sheep with their guts yeah. rammed out. It's a terrible thing. It happens every year, but it's a terrible thing. It, it, But it happens, PJ, so we would euthanize that. You can't, once these guys have done that, there's no qualms, no ifs, no buts. Once they have a taste of blood, you can't, but you have to. Well, PJ, if you can stick him in the middle of Dublin, you might be able to save him, right? But, you know, finding homes for any charity. And while I have you, PJ, can I just literally on my bloody bare knees appeal to your wonderful listeners here... Do you guys know out there that the youngest case on record is a 13-week-old kitten pregnant? PJ, let me get you an example here now, and don't, don't kick me off the air now. Yeah. If you go out 
out in the street now and you grab a nine-year-old human I, yeah, girl. No, I, I don't, even, don't even go there, Albert. I know what okay. you're suggesting. But don't finish it. I know what you're suggesting. Don't finish it. I know neutering, what you're getting at. Neutering and spaying is so important, PJ, right? It is the answer, neutering and spaying, and of course, microchipping. And, and vets uh, are extremely good at that. They, but again, it all co- it all costs money. People have it. They can go to your GoFundMe page if you want to raise. They want to raise some money. Save our sanctuary is the GoFundMe. Yeah, the GoFund is save animals in need. Their lives are our passion. Or they can come to our Facebook page, P-Day, which takes donations. But the GoFundMe page. um, PJ, again, let me say how wonderful people are, Mm. right? Four wonderful students of the University of Limerick, Andrew, Jasmine, Kian, and Lorena, right? I'll I'll back you. (laughs) Lorena, if I call Lorena a student, she'll beat me up now. they have been seconded to a company called Merriman Research, and they put this all together. I'm an old 75-year-old moron, PJ. I can just about spell my own name you, now. These you're, well able, you're well able to speak up for yourself and the animals that you care for. Albert, happy to give you some time. Happy to, to, to mention your, your, your GoFundMe and to wish you well with it. That's Albert, Albert Klein from the Cork Animal Care Society. They're coming into their 20th year and they are so short short of funds that they have launched a GoFundMe to try to keep themselves going with the work that they do. Albert, thank you so much for your kind words, not just uh, about ourselves and the show, but about our listeners. Um, The GoFundMe is there. We're happy to share it. Animal welfare might be well down the list of some people in terms of the priorities they have in their lives, trying to feed children and trying to pay for rent and try to buy school books and all that kind of thing, pay bills, but it's out there if you want to support it. 1850-715-996. Quick word from a call from Buttevant. Would people please put on their lights? Put on your uh, headlights when you're in that area. There's a pea super of a fog down across North Cork and there's nobody driving around with lights. We're going to keep our little poll going for a while. Uh, would you put a 12-year-old child... Let's take, actually, well, Buttevant is a bit far out. Let's take Mallow, for example. Come in a bit from Buttevant. Or Castle Martyr, as mentioned. Or let's go down maybe to Bandon. Uh, or to Clonakilty, for example. And you can't get a place for your child. Or in a skein. You can't get a place for your child. Would you put the child on a public bus just old enough to go to secondary school? Would you put them on a public bus in the morning to travel on their own to the city commute to whatever school they can get to and commute home. Would you let that happen? Or would you want that to happen at 12 years of age? Yes or no to 083 396 96 96 by text or WhatsApp and I think we're running it also on our Twitter at OpinionLine96 1850 715 996. Family carers the people who daily and weekly save the city and the county the country, millions, have issued a document, a, a pre-election submission, if you will. And we're going to give them some time to talk about it next. Before I go there, though, I did mean to go and do the East Cork list because we were talking to Minister David Stanton about the situation with the schools in East Cork and I neglected to go through the list of candidates for Cork East. The nominations closed today at 5 o'clock as does the registration to vote. But the nominations close today, so as of today now, we should hopefully have completed lists. So if we leave any candidate's name out, let us know, we'll put you on the list. But the full list in Cork East is Minister David Stanton of uh, Fine Gael, 
Deputy Sean Sherlock of Labour, Deputy Pat Buckley of Sinn Féin, Deputy Kevin O'Keefe and Councillor James O'Connor of Fianna Fáil, Councillor Liam Quaid of the Greens. Uh, the Social Democrats will have a candidate, but we don't have a name yet. Councillor Mary Linehan Foley, the Independent, Pa O'Driscoll, uh, Fine Gael, Shane O'Grady, Independent, and Frank Shinnick of the Irish Freedom Party. That's the full list of candidates as we have it in Cork East. As I say, nominations closing today, so we'll have full and complete list lists of candidates in all the constituencies. And just as we deal with each constituency, we'll only ever do it once a day on the programme. As we deal with, with a particular constituency, I'll give you the list of candidates there. 1850-715-996. We've also had an email regarding Rose's situation. Uh, heard about Rose at the uh, first hour of the programme, situation in which she finds herself with her daughter, who has uh, who, who has spina bifida, and the house in which they are council tenants is completely unsuitable for the child. She's trying to get moved, and she's now afraid that because the child is refusing to go to school that she'll end up referred to Tusla, and you know what she fears if that happens. We've had an email about that. 1850 Remember, we're keeping that poll going. Would you let a, a secondary school, child starting secondary school, go there on a public bus from a county town? Lots of people wouldn't let them go two stops on a bus in the city, let alone from a county town. I'm going to go to Catherine Cox from the Carers Association, Family Carers Association, in just a minute. And Catherine's listening on the line right now. Good morning, Catherine. But we started the programme talking, or listening back to my conversation last night with Rose about her daughter, Patricia, who has uh, spina bifida and all sorts of, you know, uh, motive, mo- motion difficulties, um, can't get around properly, of course. She can walk, but she struggles and she falls and the house is unsuitable and all of that. I had this email in the last while. Hi, PJ, I can totally relate to Rose and to her daughter's situation. I was given a bungalow in 2014 with my daughter, who was six at the time. She has many medical conditions and is in a wheelchair. She can walk with a frame only. As I was in such a desperate situation back then, I jumped at the thought of having our own home. What the city council failed to tell me was that the previous family living there had to leave the property as their child had a similar condition to my child, had an accident in the house that was totally down to the house, not being suitable for a disabled person. Even though it was a bungalow, it was an old bungalow on a steep hill. As my child grows, so does her equipment. So it got to the point her wheelchair wouldn't go through the door frames. She had several nasty falls getting in and out. She fell over a small wall outside the front door in her walking frame. It got so bad and so dangerous, I was lifting my 11-year-old in and out and around the house. She was due surgery as she was in terrible pain. The surgeon wouldn't do it at one point because she'd nowhere to recover and would have to spend eight weeks in hospital. Thankfully, after fighting for nearly five years, last summer I got a transfer only because I'd started the court proceeding because the surgery had been cancelled. Just like your caller... My child's mental health was impacted. She's still in counselling. She had no friends as she couldn't get outside. She was a prisoner in her own home. We moved and two weeks later the surgery was done straight away. It was an awful experience, constantly fighting every day. It's hard enough having a child with a disability, trying your best to care for them. Then you've all this as well. I left the last house in perfect condition for a family that would have no physical disability. It's ready to walk in. It would be perfect. It's a three-bed, suitable for a family of three and four. But since last August, it is sitting there idle, which is a disgrace. We're hearing of people living in emergency accommodation, yet here it is, 
perfect. I just wanted to share all this as I think it's a disgrace the way we're constantly having to fight for everything. And like many of your previous callers, I'm now fighting a year for my child to get a new wheelchair. Her current one that she uses is so small, she's sitting on the frame. She has pressure sores. But again, we have to fight, fight, fight and fight till you're actually nearly broken. You're expected to care and look after your child while constantly feeling that you're letting him down. Spoke to Rose, then we get that email. Catherine Cox from Family Cares Ireland. I think you can identify very much with what I've just read out. Good morning. Absolutely, BJ. Um, in fact, I have a, a carer in uh, South Tipperary and her case mirrors what that lady has said, except this uh, lady's child, she's not a child, she's 18 now, uh, she's an adult, Emily, but the almost exact same situation. Now it's at a situation, she's do, done her leave insert and she, they, she has an offer of a new wheelchair which she's fought for years to get and she can't take that wheelchair because it can't fit in their front door. She's had falls. Uh, we've been, I suppose, battling, I suppose, with the council, trying to get a suitable housing probably for the last three and a half years as well. What What is so sad but makes me so angry is that, like, those cases are right across the country. Mm. Um, and depending where you live almost determines what you will or what you won't get, which we call this whole postcode lottery. Yeah. So you could be lucky and you could look, live in an area where, you know, there are be- better there is better housing. Mm. But the majority of people, as, as that lady said, are fighting tooth and nail for everything. And I don't know if you saw it, but we had a video that was played on uh, Virgin TV on the news last night, and it's a couple from Cork, Dan and Maureen Kelleher. Um, and, you know, Maureen talked about having to fight for everything, mm. having to fight to get oxygen in her home uh, for her husband, Dan, who needs that because he has COPD. So it's a constant battle, and it's why we came up with this um, canvas card uh, yeah. for carers in the election. Before I get to what's on mm-hmm. that, I'm... I'm I won't say shocked, stunned to read the number of people that you class as family carers up and down the country. Yeah, there are... 355,000 people. There are. And honestly, uh, PJ, I would say the number is actually far higher. That number is based on a survey that the uh, census would have done, or the CSO rather did. Uh, It's a health survey that they do every year. And that's the number of people who identified as family carers, 355,000. But there's actually lots out there as well who don't necessarily self-identify because they think, sure, it's my mom or it's my dad or it's my child and the mother and the father. Yeah, so I'd say the figure is higher. But that group of people across the country are saving this day 10 billion euro every year by caring for their loved ones at home. 10 billion euros. Mm. So this card is available to all of your, your members or anybody who wants one, what's on it? So it's available to members, but anybody, because this isn't just for family carers. We're saying for friends of family carers, because caring probably comes to all of us at some point in our lives. We'd either require it or provide it. So this card, we're asking people to have this card. First of all, it's available on our website, which is familycarers.ie, so people can go on and they can download it. They can also call into the, our uh, centre in Tucky Street in Cork, um, and Peter Cox is there, and they can get a copy from there as well. So what's on it is, it's basically asking all the candidates who are running for the election what will they do to support family carers if they get into government?
settlement. And we asked them five very specific questions. One is around the means test for carers allowance, because we know only one in four full-time carers in Ireland get carers allowance because of the means test. So what will they do to address that? The second one is, and what we talked about there a few moments ago, what will they do to abolish that postcode lottery in carer supports across the country? And one way of doing that is for 3.2 million euro every year, which may sound like a lot, but given that carers save, they say, 10 billion a year, it is for 3.2 million, they could put basic supports into place for carers in their community and in their county. The third one is, will they commit to increasing funding to ensure that we have a demand-led access to home care. So we know there are 8,000 families approximately across the country who are on a waiting list for home care. Many have been approved, told you absolutely need this, but you're on a waiting list because we have no money. So we need an increase in funding. Mm -hmm. The next one is, will they commit to a right to 20 days respite per year for family carers? We know carers are burnt out. You can hear it in what that lady has said in her email, and I'm sure Rose and thousands of carers across the country are exhausted physically and mentally because they're not getting a respite or break from their caring role. And then the last one is, will you commit to abolishing the waiting list for essential therapies for mm. children with special needs? So that speech and language, physio, OT, and actually OT and physio, a lot of them are relevant to older people as well. Yeah. Now they're taking months and months just uh, to get seen. Years, ta years. Ta years, you're right. Time is going to catch me. Where can someone get one of these cards so, if they want? A number of places. They can go onto our website, familycarers.ie, and they can download it. As soon as you go on, you'll see election 2020, so they can get it there. They can call into our centre in Tucky Street, um, and we'll print them off one there, and we can take them through it as well. Um, but I would say to people, we're on Facebook as well, um, and I would also say to people to watch our video. It's about two and a half minutes long. Okay. It features carers, but it's so important that we address this and we make sure that this is the issue that's coming up on the doorsteps when well, the well, politicians it's a hot issue since the election kicked off. It's a hot issue among our listeners. It always is, but it's particularly hot since the issue, uh, or since the election kicked off. I'm out of time, Catherine. No Thank you very much. Thanks we'll so we'll much put up more contact details for you after the news. Catherine Cox from the Irish Family Carers. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Again, people being asked if you're going around the Buttevant area, put on your lights. There is a pea super of a fog and it seems to have clung to the ground and stuck there. Not showing any signs just yet of clearing. So please, Bigi Kurumuk Ernamohari and Shaw. Uh, in Buttevant, 1850-715-996, text 083-396-9696. Your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. We are inundated now with messages about carers. Uh, if you want to get that carers canvassing card and have it for whoever comes to your door, whether you're a carer or not, whether you just know a carer, whether there's anybody in your circle of friends, family, relatives who has is caring for somebody, familycarers.ie is where you can get that familycarers.ie you can print it and download it you can have it on your phone, whatever you want alright, familycarers.ie we will have we kept it going or are we going to close it the poll on the 12 year old having to take the bus to go to secondary school from the county I didn't see much support for the idea at all but we'll collate the figures and I'll give them to you shortly on the text poll. 
Let's stay with carers for a while, though. Brida, or Brenda O'Connell Barry is in Charleville, the 2019 Carer of the Year. Brenda, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. And, and um, your, your little lad, Fionn, he's five, yeah? That's correct, yeah. Okay. And what are his, his needs? I understand they're quite complex. Oh, uh, yeah, he has full care needs, so he, he, need, he needs 24 hours a day uh, care. He, he's five, but he can't do anything that a five-year-old would do, so he, well, basically, he's like a, a baby. The door and the dog. Yeah, I know, the dog and the door. And I'm after telling the delivery man just to leave it outside the door. Sorry, PJ. Not but, a bother, um, basic, girl. I know basically, exactly he's about. like a baby. You know, yeah. he has to be lifted and positioned and changed and mm-hmm. fed and everything that you would do for a baby, a newborn baby. Right. But he's in the body of a five-year-old little boy. So he's getting increasingly heavy. Mm-hmm. And he suffers with extreme cerebral agitation. That's probably... The worst part of his presentation. That means that he can scream a really high pitched scream for up to nine days. He is, and he can go without sleep for nine days and nine nights. Dear God, it can just be torture for us all. What do you do when that happens? Um, We just do the best that we can, uh, you know, to try and peaceify him like you would any other baby. We hold him, we rock him, we walk him, but nothing really works. Um, Everything could possibly work for a few minutes, but there's no taking it away. The one thing that we have seen that does work a lot for him is water. He loves um, being in the pool or in the bath. So it's not pain or it's not anything like that. It's just uncontrollable bouts of screaming. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know if it isn't pain now, PJ. There could be an element of pain. You know, it's his brain. So he might, he could possibly have a violent headache because he squeezes his eyes shut and he hits his face and he bites his hand and he tears at his face. And he can't tell you, of course. Yeah, he can't tell us. Um, So at school, they have figured out they have a therapy bath down there. So they put him in there when he's like that at times. And that really eases it. So we're we're hoping to get one of those for the home. But you know the story now there. Well, that's a good that's a good yeah. point at which to at which to branch the discussion into trying to get yeah. something you know that yeah. this therapy bath may be helpful so what's the procedure how do you go about getting something like that how do you begin well you can't there's no you know it's a luxury you know so it's not something that we could ever get from the HSE um so it's something that we will realistically have to fundraise for again how much uh, are you talking about that 12000 euros pj 12,000 euros. It's a bat that rises up and goes down and there's therapy jets in it and there would be, um, I suppose, um, lights as well, you know, for the sensory aspect of it. But um, 12,000 euros is the price that we've received a quote for it. But it's the same now. And the the HSE class it as a luxury item. Yeah, luxury, yeah, to ease muscle spasms and relieve you're, discomfort. And, you know, these little kids... Your can't beautiful child themselves. is screaming uncontrollably for hours on end. Yeah. This yeah, works, and, and they yeah. deem it a luxury. Yeah, absolutely. But sure, you know, I think probably your listeners will know, you know, the Fight for Fionn campaign, that's what we go as. But yes. we have had... We fundraised for his wheelchair, €5,800. We were Why on did a you have list. to fundraise for a wheelchair? Why wouldn't they give we you... Were t- 
yeah, we were told 12 to 18 months. If we were lucky now, we'd have it within that amount of time. And Fionn was sitting in um, a standard buggy for a, a normal child, we'll call them a neurotypical child. And he's at risk of getting scoliosis. So nobody in the HSE could look at the bigger picture and see that, oh, let's get him his appropriate seating and prevent the scoliosis. And is it a no. special wheelchair that he requires or oh, just a standard one you'd pick up in a no. supplier's? Oh, God, no. No, it's a special one. There's supports under his arms. They're called laterals. And, you know, we can position him. We can we can tilt him back and forward. And, you know, it's a very special wheelchair. Yeah. And it was €5,800. And it was the people in the community and the surrounding areas that helped us to buy that, not the HSE. How do you keep going? Oh, God, I don't know. Do you know, there are days where I think I can't possibly go another minute. And then, you know, you get a little smile from him or something. And it just makes you realize that, God almighty, I have to keep going for him. You know, he's all that we have. Trevor is my husband. He works very hard. He's an electrician. He's working every hour that God sends. And, we, you know, we're getting fun physio, private physio, four days a week because if he doesn't get it, he's screaming with muscle spasms. He's bending backwards with the spasms that he gets in his back. And this is what we found helps that. But we have to pay for that privately as well. So... You know, it's all money, 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 and it's ongoing every week, every day there's something. Um, yesterday I bought a little underpants for him for the pool, and that was €56, Euros, PJ. You know, Trevor's the only one working in this house. I get €66 Euros carers because Trevor's working. My carers, um, yeah, my carers is slashed to €66, Euros, and, like, that barely covered his little swimming pants. You know, for me, it, it's I, I could stay on the phone to you here now for the day telling you about the expenses that carers have. You know, and I'm not alone. There's 355,000 carers in Ireland. Sa- and saving all, saving all... the system 10 billion euro a year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had to borrow around 80,000 euros to build an accessible extension here for him in the house. Hold um, on, hold on. We're not, we're not able to get... Trevor is working all these grants are means assessed and you know if you if you're earning any bit of money at all you're you're excluded the ceiling track hoist and everything you can't we can't get a grant for that we actually we're being helped by another family that has sadly lost their beautiful little boy to get a ceiling track hoist and even though that is happening, we're still going to have to pay several thousand to move the ceiling track house from that house to our house, PJ. There's money everywhere. Even if you get something like that given to you by another family, it's still going to cost us up to 5,000 euros, we've been told, to move it, PJ. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Because Trevor works hard, grafts hard to earn money for you and his boy, he... You're not entitled to we're any penalized. kind of... Yeah, we're penalised everywhere we turn, honestly. And we're not the only family... I'm getting so cross here. Yeah, there's Brenda. so many... It's, you know, it's not all us. There's so many yeah. other families, yeah. so many other carers in exactly the same position. Trevor's workmates, they went out last year and they fundraised for the whole year for Fionn and they're helping us now to buy the wheelchair accessible van. And... You know, without that, we wouldn't have a hope high up or low down of buying it, PJ. 
I'd be still rooting and tearing and trying to lift Fionn and you know it's mm. the people in the community our friends our workmates you know we're astounded and so grateful for everyone that helps us and you know it's humiliating PJ and it's we, you know, it's a continuous thing. We can't stop. I'm sure people are saying, God almighty, haven't they enough money got by now? But as bigger as Fiona's getting, it's more things he needs, not less. You know, it's more therapies that he needs. And we were told last Friday, you know, he had an appointment in Enable Ireland and there's a problem with his pelvis that's leading to tightness in one of his hips. And lo and behold, the seating that he has mightn't be suitable. We might have to go trying to change that again. And sure, we'll be on waiting lists and waiting lists. And, you know, so if if, if anyone out there can help the Fight for Fun campaign um, with, with anything, you know, it's, it's ongoing, but it's ongoing for all carers. You know, it's not only us, but I suppose... 355,000 people up and down yeah. the country. Absolutely, and we're all to the pin of our collar trying, and you know, all that we're trying to do is make the loved ones comfortable. That's all we're actually trying to do. It's not, we're not going away buying designer shoes or anything like that. It's every penny that we get goes into Fionn and just trying to make him comfortable. He has the most awful disability and he, he looks to us and he needs for every single thing that he does, he needs our help. And all we're trying to do is make it easier for him. For the, you know, he has a life-limiting condition. We won't always have him, so every minute is precious. And we just want to keep him happy for however long that we have him. We want to keep the pain away as much as we can, and just do our best for him. And all we, all we need is a bit of support. And it's, it's just not there for us. Yeah. Brenda, you know. Um You've you've won awards and accolades and all of that, and I know you di- you 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 didn't want any of them. You didn't put yourself out there, but I, I'll say one thing to you: you're doing him proud. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, and like that was the one thing I got that Carer of the Year award. It was in 2018, and I just really want to say that I am not the Carer of the Year. There, we are all the carers of the year. Every person that is a carer in their own home, they're the carer of the year for their loved one. You know, I I viewed that accolade and award as a platform, and I had I had a year family carers Ireland the support that they give me, and they still give it to me. It's not gone now because my year is finished. They're still there all the time. Um, they're such a valuable resource that people should know more about. I I didn't actually know about them before. Yeah. I won it even. Would you believe PJ? I had never heard of it. I got a phone call and I was saying, who who's this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. At least you know, you know you're not alone, which is great. Yeah, yeah, but I just... Oh, people need to know. People need to understand, PJ. You know, yeah. the community, some people, they just still don't understand why we need no. so much money to keep our loved ones comfortable. It is all about money. Everything, when you mention anything special needs equipment, it's zeros. Yeah. Zero, zero, zero. There's and what people don't know... Uh, people listening to you for the first time and 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 hearing your strength and your and your courage, is you already are dealing with your own medical condition. That's right. Yeah, I have lupus. Yeah, I do. 
Yeah. What's that? What does that do? What, how... um, lupus is an autoimmune condition and it means that my immune system is actually overactive. So if you get flu, PJ, your immune system will attack the flu virus that's in you and you'll be able to get better reasonably quickly. So when you have lupus, your immune system is going all the time and it's attacking cells that are good and bad. It doesn't know when to stop. So it can attack the heart and the brain and the lungs, oh, kidneys. God. So I'm immunosuppressed. I take a lot of medication for that. And stress, of course, is one of the main triggers for lupus. Yes, yes, so yes. I have to say at the moment, my lupus is in a huge flare because there's so much stress going on because Fionn has so many needs and we're just so desperate. We don't know, you know, will we have the money to be able to keep him comfortable? Can we keep going with his therapies? It's a constant worry for us, PJ, every week, every day. You know, it doesn't go away. And, uh, and, and and you, my notes on screen here say to me, and I hear it in your voice, you are absolutely not at all political. But 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 you're talking to me about things that are happening in your home with your gorgeous boy, to you and your husband, in what we are told is one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Lord of mercy, yeah. Yeah, I I haven't seen any of it anywhere here um, in Ballyhay, unfortunately. Only for the community, like I said, our friends, the community, the people that help us to fundraise, Trevor's workmates, you know, um, like the beautiful Jack and Jill Foundation, they helped us so much. We had that for five years. That was a great support. They don't get help from the government. They deserve so much more help. You know, it's... That is shocking. It's absolutely shocking, PJ. It is really, really shocking. Listen, all I can say is as one parent to another, my thoughts are with you today. And many of my my listeners are up in arms here. Thank you. The message is on fire. Brenda, thank you. And our best to to you and to Trevor. And our love to Fionn. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for the call. Bye. 1850 715 996. There are no answers for that. The Opinion Line on Courts 96 FM. With the solid fuel depot of Drew's Filling Station Turner's Cross. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kill dry wood, and gas. Solidfueldepot.ie. Yeah, things that make me cry are those, you know, those recovery dog videos where you see yeah. this abandoned dog uh, was found down a well. And yeah. He, he gets introduced to a new family and he's jumping around the place and everyone's People happy. coming home from the army, from service, their families. You know, when you see a kid and she's on the cheerleading team and her dad's behind her in the mascot outfit or something. And yeah. Then, yeah. God, God, forget God. about it. Oprah gives a woman a fridge. Oh, forget God. about it. <laughs> forget about it. Casey and Ross in the morning with Stella Line, where something big has arrived to the Irish Sea. Stella Estred, now sailing from Dublin to Hollyhead. See StellaLine.ie. Corks 96 this is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Just going through the, the, the lump sums that retiring TDs will get compared to the money that Brenda needs for the things that she has to provide for Fionn that she gets no help with or little or no help with. She wants at the moment, even though they're another little boy who has passed away 
they're going to get his hoist for Fionn, but it's still going to cost them five grand or more, maybe, to put that hoist in. That's just one thing that came out of that conversation. I have pages and pages of comments, but what I want to do is take that five grand that they have to find. Take the, she mentioned 12 grand for something else and, and, and oh, that the bat, the bat that, that he needs or the money that they have to get for his, his wheelchair. Let's go through some names, some names you might know who are stepping down. Darren Murphy, <laughs> of whom you might have heard. His lump sum stepping down from his Doyle seat 63,179. His annual pension thereafter, 21,000 euro. Jim Daly, minister, stepping down. Lump sum, 63,179. Annual pension, 21,000. Let's turn over the page. I'm reading from the Irish Independent. Jonathan O'Brien, Sinn Féin. Lump sum, 63,179. Annual pension, 21,000 euro. Brendan needs 5,000 to put the hoist in. 12,000 for the bath that her little boy needs. Those are the figures that TDs get stepping down. Compare one with the other. Yesterday, out on the campaign trail, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar was accosted in the street by a young man who told him that he was the reincarnation of Margaret Thatcher. That young man then walked away, but he's on the line. Brian Kelly, good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. How are you keeping? I'm good. Now, let's get our cards on the table here. You you are a Sinn Féin activist, and you are canvassing in Cork East for Pat Buckley. Uh, yes, that is correct. So you're yeah. not just a randomer who walked up out no. of the crowd. No, but no, but no. Re- remind me again, what did you say to Leo Varadkar? Well, basically, um, the video online doesn't tell the whole story. Um, basically, what happened um, was I asked him about the removal of a training allowance from um, people young, from people of all ages with disabilities who struggle to find employment. And a lot of people, I'm currently on a course at the moment, as I have uh, a lot of mental health issues and... Um, like um, basically, um, a lot of people have to travel long distances to this course in Mallow. Fortunately, I do live in Mallow, and um, I don't have to travel long distance. We'll have to pay for petrol and buses and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's um, a blatant attack, blatant disregard for the most vulnerable section of our society that um, that this allowance has been cut when the government are claiming that they're doing things for disability. We, we, we did we did talk about that actually with the number of people here in the city who were affected by it a couple of yeah. months ago. Yeah. yeah. So you walked up to him anyway. And um, basically, just asked him the question, and uh, as a lot of politicians do, he kind of tried to plum off me. So um, I just kind of told him what I think. Um, I've been a kind of a, an activist for the um, like we need to protect the most vulnerable in our society. This includes adults and the long-term sick and people like that. And um, you know, I think his government have shown disregard. And um, you know, as a socialist, and you know, I've been. I think his mask is slipping a bit, so I kind of just and with his latest approval ratings and things. So. Um, I just told him what I kind of thought of him, really, and it went viral, so, um, yeah. Now, my one observation uh, was that you didn't stay and wait for his answer. Why? Um, because I, he was plumb-ossing me, basically, and um, before the camera started uh, taking it, and um, so I think that, um, you know, I just had to say my piece and just leave because um, I didn't really want to talk to him anymore, to be honest, because his government and his cronies in Fianna Fáil uh, show that just a total blatant disregard for the most vulnerable in our society who need protection and I was just very frustrated with his, his 
original response before the cameras were rolling, so um, I just left. Okay. Okay. So his reply, I, I haven't seen it, So and you don't know what he said in reply, but he said enough at that stage to, to pee you off enough to leave. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, will you do it again? Um, yeah, well, um, I think the Fianna Fáil have they done quite well in um, the last uh, the last um, opinion poll, and um, our local TV, Kevin O'Keefe, put up a very, very interesting tweet of uh, him with a stretch limousine. Oh, the one with the limo. Yeah, there was a time when that would be just seen as a joke, but but um, not, I, not look, these he days. Used the, he used the hashtag in Ireland for all. Like um, Fianna Fáil mm. are supposed to be some sort of social democratic party, but mm. it was just very bad taste from Kevin, who's um, had a lot of hiccups and you know it's very just depressing that he will more than likely top the poll in this constituency um, he's, um, he, for example he bought tickets from John Delaney for the World Cup final which was but mad And uh, he was entitled to do that now to be fair That's, he wasn't yeah, anything well, wrong by no, doing he's that he's supposed yeah. to be on the sport committee investigating mm. the FBI for blatant corruption which TDs well, like Jonathan fair. O'Brien have been standing up for very strongly and uh, <laughs> Kevin brought the tickets he also went to uh, travel to Clare to meet the Trump family like Trump is a uh, Lunatic, in my opinion, and you know, Kevin looking up to him is just crazy. Like, yeah, well, that that will be something that I can put to Kevin if if I get to talk to him between now and the election. Just you mentioned the the opinion polls, and like as a as a canvasser and an activist on the ground, you're you're, you're not a candidate, but obviously yeah. you're in Pat Buckley's camp. So, I mean, as a, as an activist and a canvasser, Fianna Fáil twenty five, Fine Gael twenty three, Sinn Féin, your own party, on twenty one percent. This is it's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Oh, definitely, PJ. Yeah, I think it's um, just it's unbelievable that RTE have excluded uh, our leader Mary Lou Macdonald from the debates um, that are head to head. Their argument would be their editorial argument would be that, and as I mentioned this yesterday, I'm just reiterating it, not because I support it, but because these are the facts. There are only two people on the way the doll numbers work. It, the the high the most highly likely situation is that only. Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin can get the 80 votes needed to beat Taoiseach. Listen, I know that's highly likely, BJ, but I have to disagree with you because um, I think that, um, you know, I've, I've been watching a lot of videos of candidates from the Green Party and Labour, not the high-profile members who are trying to cozy up to the establishment parties, but um, they appear to want to create a left alliance, and I believe if the working-class vote can be mobilised... Um, you know, it, it Do you believe that the various left-wing parties and, like, uh, in association with Sinn Féin, let's mention the others, let's mention Solidarity, let's yeah. mention Rise, let's mention those kind. Do you believe in your heart that there would be 80 votes there? Well, I think, you know, the, as uh, my colleague Mark Ward said on um, Friday, it was people in flash suits, not ordinary men and women in tracksuits who bankrupted this country and brought the working class to their knees. Like So I think if the left needs to be unified, and I think that we need to work hard at that. and that That's the problem. That's the problem, yeah, Brian. The left has been trying to unify for yeah. years and you know what they say and I don't mean this as, as any kind of a slight against against left-wing uh, people. The, the first thing to talk about when you're dealing with the left is the split. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is the problem with the left. Yeah, I know um, but I still think that like from that opinion poll you said Fianna Fáil are on 25% and Fianna Gael are on 23%. That's only 48% of the vote. Mm-hmm. So a left-wing government could be formed, and if people are, if people mobilise and get out and vote and use their democratic rights, you know, okay. I see. Well, that, well uh, time, time will time will tell what what happens. Time will tell tell what happens. Do do you people like Kevin is saying here on Twitter that you should have stayed and listened to the Taoiseach's reply? Um, well, I was just quite frustrated, and you know, just I he he already had replied to me, so I was just I said good luck and thanks to him, and I shook his hand beforehand. So basically, like um, you know, I think. 
and it was just you know you don't really get a chance to confront Taoiseach uh, very often so you know it was you know not the most uh, confident of people so um, it was you're doing alright here yeah <laughs> I'll be accused of giving you a soft interview, but I don't think so. But okay. at the same time, you were doing all right here. Yeah. All right, Brian, thanks very much. That's uh, Brian Kelly, uh, member of uh, Sinn Féin TD, Pat Buckley's canvassing team in, in Cork East, who confronted Leah Varadkar yesterday, did get some criticism for not waiting after he'd said what he said. He called it the reincarnation of Margaret Thatcher. Didn't wait to see what the Taoiseach had said, but his defence is that the teacher could said everything he wanted to hear anyway or everything he was prepared to listen to up to that point. That's Brian Kelly 1850-715-996 uh, Dermid says Jim Daly is a post-1995 minister so mercifully he won't get any pension till he hits 65. They all get the lump sum which they leave to which they're entitled as they might have a lease left on accommodation in Dublin or whatever it is they have. That's a good point Dear Mid, and, and, and thank you for making it. The, the, the lump sum for a departing Taoiseach, it's generous. It's extremely generous. And I don't mind telling you that the ones I read out are not the most generous ones. For example, uh, Michael Noonan is getting a lump sum of 140,399. John Deasy, down in County Waterford, 126,000. Quivino Quelon of Sinn Féin, 140,000. Martin Ferris of Sinn Féin, 126,000. Brendan Roy, Willie Penrose of Labour, uh, notably the last TD elected to this doyle, 140,000. Jerry Adams, 63,000. Lump sums. But then you've got Brenda, who needs about, what, about 25 grand? to sort an awful lot for her little boy. 1857-15996. The bus poll that we ran, where we asked you if you were in Eileen's situation and you were faced with putting a 12-year-old on a public bus at 8 o'clock in the morning to go from Castle Martyr to town to go to school and get back there again in the afternoon from school back to Castle Martyr or anywhere else of that kind in the county, would you do it? A hundred percent no. 1857-15996 The Opinion Line on Courts 96 FM With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station Turner's Cross Great deals on all solid fuels with 7 day delivery SolidFuelDepot.ie Courts 96 FM's Hit Mix Online Our new stream playing fresh hits all the time Non-stop music now streaming Hi, I'm Demi Listen on our app or click 96FM.ie Harvey Norman Big Sale ends this weekend. Don't miss your chance to get big savings on home appliances. Kickstart your day with the Lavazza Jolie Coffee Machine. Enjoy a classic espresso with the touch of a button. Now just $48.95, save €70. Or get baking with the KitchenAid Classic Food Mixer with 10-speed settings. Now just €349, saving €100. And at Harvey Norman, we're matching all competitors' prices, so why shop anywhere else? The Harvey Norman Big Sale. Don't miss out. 
The economy's improving and I'd like my business to grow with it. And if I had the funds to put behind my new business idea, I could be employing more people. The good news is the support is there from Microfinance Ireland. Big support for small businesses with big ideas. It turns out I qualify for a loan of up to €25,000 from Microfinance Ireland. They offer loans to both startups and existing businesses. Find out more at microfinanceireland.ie or your local enterprise office. Microfinance Ireland. Small loans for small businesses with big ideas. Grab a basket for amazing Aldi savers. Premium falafel and veggie bites was $2.29, now $1.99. Chopped tomatoes was $0.39, cent, now $0.35. Cent. Superfood smoothie mix was $1.99, now $1.49. And place fillets were $3.49, now just $2.99. And Super 6 fruit and veg and fresh meat offers too. Forget the basket, grab a trolley for savings after savings after savings. Aldi, every day amazing. Introducing the Checkered Flag Special Edition range from Jaguar. Our world-class saloons and SUVs are now even better than ever. With enhanced interior and exterior design features and savings of up to €10,000 across the range. Prices start from €37,870. Only accept the exceptional. Discover the Checkered Flag Special Edition range at Johnson & Parrott Jaguar Bishopstown. Jaguar. A breed apart. Delivery and related charges apply. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833 969696 96 96 96. on Cork's 96FM. Big response to Brenda and the story she was telling me about life with young Fionn. Uh, 1850-715-996 Dennis uh, John just I get yes uh, it's shocking this is from Craig it's shocking what the family have to put up with the best thing for them to do is for Trevor to give up work and sign on at least if they're on the dole they get everything they need for free it doesn't pay to work for a living when you get penalised for trying to get ahead in life well there you go uh, Trevor is an electrician with a good business and as a result of having a good business her carers allowance was cut so there's, that, that's prompting that particular message. Andrew never rings in normally, but listening to the item about the disability and comparing it to the TDs, Andrew had a child with a disability who passed away September 2018. I'm sorry to hear that, Andrew. What should be highlighted is anything mentioned with the word disability in it is about five times the price of what it should be. For example, the bath. Because it's a disability, you get a standard bath for 700 but it's ten times more expensive to buy anything adapted. Over the years, his little girl had different wheelchairs. He has a mechanical background, so he knows they didn't cost the 10 grand price tag for such basic elements. Ed says it seems to be standard practice to refuse applications for carers until they all appeal stage, at the appeal stage. This at least delays the process for 18 months to two years. That saves the government money and makes people miserable and poor. It's not good enough. But I'll scroll down to the end of the page before I go to a song and then change our conversation a little bit but um, Caller says I'll just put this out there for what it's worth Caller says you could do a programme for the whole month about the people who need all this assistance. What you'll never hear is a thank you for the assistance received from the taxpayer so far and in the future. Wouldn't it be simpler for the lady on air now to do a course in physio and help sort out her own son's needs there are short courses you know tailored to particular problems some of them available at night. I do accept there are hard cases, but I also think there's a role 
in using national lottery funds for these cases. Has anybody looked at that instead of hockey clubs and rugby clubs in key constituencies? Like, I'm just thinking to myself, do you not think she ever paid any tax herself? Do you not think that her husband pays a shed load of tax every year? Do you not do you not listen to her that she already has her own illness to deal with? And she's trying to carry a five-year-old newborn, effectively is what Fiona is at the moment around the house. Did you even listen? 1850-715-996. Or maybe, maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe, you live in a perfect world where this stuff has never visited your door. For your own sake, I hope it doesn't. Um, just some good news for you. Well, two bits of good news. My next guest has good news. But another bit of good news. You know that lovely sauce that is on a Big Mac? Do you know that kind of pinky, orangey sauce? Well, that sauce was invented with the Big Mac by a guy called Jim Delegati dozens and dozens and dozens of years ago. He's kept it a secret. McDonald's is in the sun today. McDonald's are going to start selling the sauce in little pots in limited edition. There'll be queues out the door. The Big Mac sauce is going on sale in little pots, lads. Just by the by. Now, the day of 24-hour shops. Do you remember it? We had, I don't know how many 24-hour supermarkets and 24-hour this and 24-hour that. At one stage during the boom, we had a 24-hour tennis courts operating in this city. They're all gone. I don't think there's any 24-hour supermarket in Cork at the moment. There's definitely, there's one 24-hour fast food, but that doesn't really count. 24-hour shopping. There's now a 24-hour gym coming to Cork, if you don't mind. Is the boom back? George O'Callaghan. Good morning. <laughs> morning, TJ. It's nice to talk to you again. You, sir, and this is that George O'Callaghan, the former Cork City George O'Callaghan. Yeah, I know, I know. It's been a long time to be chat. I was looking forward to uh, listening to it this morning. It was a very good show. Good man, thank you. You're opening Anytime Fitness in March in Ballancolig around the clock. Is the business there? Well, I suppose when you look at Anytime Fitness, it's a franchise. So we've got um, four and a half thousand of them around the world. So it's obviously a 24-hour gym. And basically, you know, the franchise has worked and the guys up in Dublin um, set up three of them recently and they're going really well. So um, the owner uh, wanted to come down to Cork and we're going to give it a try here in Ballancolig. And, you know, by the sound of it and speaking to people and the prospects that are interested in the gym, it looks like a really good idea. And It's just exciting, PJ, you know, because it's something that's never been to Cork and, and, and you know, we're just going to have to see what happens. And by the results that does happen... With Anytime Fitness, it does work, so hmm. hopefully it will. I suppose people are living a 24-hour life now, starting and finishing work, going home at all hours of the day and night. I suppose if someone wants to go in and use a treadmill or whatever for, for a half an hour and work doesn't allow it, they can always do it at 5am, 4am, 3am. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I'll be friends with a lot of the guardy and when you're coming off shift and... And funny enough, you just mentioned at McDonald's. McDonald's is right across the road to us, and they finish at 11, so they're more than welcome to come in anytime they want. But, um, like, regarding our gym, it's a new state-of-the-art uh, gym with all the equipment, you know, so we're, we kind of give a service a bit like a health club feel, but, like, at affordable prices. And like, Yeah, is gym, it a membership thing, or will it be a pay-as-you-go? No, it'll be a membership, so we'll have yearly membership. So, um, but, but our kind of, the difference between us and other gyms, you know, all our... Um, 
bathrooms are private and showers and like we do all the instructions so we have an app with mm. Anytime Fitness and if people don't feel comfortable or intimidated coming into the gym they have a room where they can go in and have a virtual trainer cool. and learn how to go or, or personal training. Yeah, will but, you, I mean, will you have an instructor there around the clock or will it be different to that? No, um, we, we'll have instructors from about 7 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. Right. But from then, they kind of have a high-tech uh, security that, that they have in all the gyms around. So we've got cameras everywhere. It's like, it's like Big Brother area. You'll be right. watched everywhere. So I'll let us have in with a key code, say, or something like that. Yeah, you get a fob and it's basically like having the key of the house. You're welcome in any time. You can go in and out, so... Um, regarding the security, there was never really a problem. But you know, I know the company has spent a lot of money on this. And they have it down to a fine art, so there's never a problem with people feeling uh, not, not safe or anything like that because it's watched constantly and there's no problem whatsoever. Okay, and like you said, this is a, a global company, which as a little boost, if you join in Ballincollig, you've membership worldwide. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, so that's the thing. Especially you know, people are travelling with their jobs. So if you're a member of Ballincollig or any of the Anytime Fitness, you can use it up worldwide, so you're basically a member all over the world. So oh. I think with the Anytime Fitness brand, it's kind of just trying to build in, especially for us in Brandon Colleague, is with the community here and working with the community, with the charities around here. But I think as an um, Anytime Fitness company, if they want a worldwide kind of community, so we're all together and every, everyone's part of where you go around the world, you're still part of Anytime Fitness, which, you know, is a great idea, especially if you're going on holidays or people, you know, yeah. my friends in Apple that go away and work, they can just, they're used to the, the machines and all the machines will be the same. And, and everyone is set up, it's like a, a franchise, everyone will be, every, every place will be the same, roughly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, an, an interesting new... Con- George, I remember when I was going out to matches a lot in Turner's Cross and travelling to Europe with, with Cork City back in my news and sports days, you 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 went on then to Asia and... and uh, when did you finally pack up the football or did you ever, do you still kick a ball around? Um, no, I only kick around in the garden with my, my little boy, but um, I had I actually had a really good time. I kind of retired at 31, PJ, and then I, I kind of wanted to get into the business side of sports and football and mm. I was lucky enough, I went over, um, I played for the Crown Prince of Brunei before my career ended and I went over and I worked for him for a few years and then on top of that I was brought in by um, Morgan Stanley as an advisor on football clubs and then I kind of set my own little agency up I kind of had uh, actually Joe Gamble came over I got him a contract over with the Crown Prince and Roy O'Donovan so I was kind of working away at football and then I had a little free stint as a manager which I would never do again because I was tearing my hair out over in Malaysia I was manager at Saba where we were getting like 35,000 a week and I was only 35 and trying to deal with the press and managing in a championship or a small premiership club. So kind of after that, I kind of stepped back and I kind of wanted to get in, stay in the sports side of things. And it's something at the gym is something I wanted to do for a long time because yeah. I think football can be kind of a dirty world sometimes. But regarding the gym, you're kind of bringing health, health or a healthy living to people. You know, you're helping people lose weight and you see those results. So it's something that I'm kind of passionate about and I want to really give it a good go now, especially in Cork when it's my hometown as well. All right, listen, well, great to, great to talk to you again after all these years. Yeah, and, and great to see you down the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send yeah. your, free, your free membership tomorrow. <laughs> Go on away, George. I'll talk <laughs> to you again. Thanks, mate. That's George O'Callaghan, formerly of uh, Cork City FC. Now they'll be the manager down at Anytime Fitness Ballancolic, your 24-hour gym, which will open in March. Look, there's loads of other gyms out there, but this is a new concept, which is why we decided to give it a shout. Damien, Damien Shreenan, I think you might be my last call today. Damien, how much did you lose? Uh, just 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 about six stone, just under six stone, I think. Six stone. Um, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, but it, it was the equity to the listen article. Um, it, basically, what it was is I did a bungee jump back in 2015, and I never realised the weight because I had a you know a hectic lifestyle of, of 
DJing and events mm. and marketing and stuff. And she looked, you know, you finish a gig, we'll get a McDonald's, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just absolutely burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Um, and I did a bungee jump, and the, when they when they go do a bungee jump, they have, to, they have to make sure you get the right rope. That's right. Um, so they just they read a number of, um, on my hand. It was a one five. No, I didn't know what it was. Mm. Um, and it was I just thought of people walking around with you know eighty five and seventy five, and I just said, "Well, what's that?" And he said, "Well, that's your that's your weight in um, kgs." One one five. What is that? What's that in stone? So over eight, just eighteen eighteen stone one, I think. Um, and if someone had look, said to you what if you if someone asked you to guess your weight that day, what would you have said? I don't know, fifteen stone or fourteen stone. Do you know? I never realised I would have. I was. I was that kind of. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I kind of went, my God, like so. I just spoke to a friend and he he was saying like, look, well, you know, it's what it's what you eat. He was saying, you know, if you eat better, he said, you don't have to join the gym, just eat better. Mm. Um, so I looked around and there was no, you know, kind of obviously very busy lifestyle and stuff. And I was looking into things and I spotted there was a company in Dublin that do like healthy meals, whatever and stuff. Um, so I decided, well. That's it. I'm going to do that, and um, I basically opened up my own company, Body Chef, and uh, I think I dropped down nearly six stone in, in six, six months. Wow. It was, it was, um, it was fairly, it was fairly fast, but it just showed how much bad food I was eating. You know, yeah. What what links this in, into talking to George? Just the, the two are related, I guess. Also, this week, Tuesday, for some inexplicable reason, they decided in their infinite wisdom that Tuesday was the day most people would pack up their New Year's resolutions. Right. That was yeah. in the sun earlier this week. But but it was a New Year's resolution for you, was it? They said, right, that's it. No, it was, I did, I, so it was May 2015, I did the bungee jump for yeah. the Park City, and then it was June 2015, I opened the company. Mm. So by, between May and November, basically, is, is when, I, um, when I dropped all the weight. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it was a fairly, no, but it just it, it just showed that like you know, if you're eating right, you know, then you know it should it should help you. To what, when you say eating right, like what kind of stuff? And look, as a jobbing DJ for so many years, yeah. I know exactly what it is to ram a burger back your gullet at three in the morning before you head for Cork. I know exactly what it is to do, and did it for too many years. But what kind of stuff did you stop eating? Well, I suppose all fast foods and pizzas and, you know, well, I suppose I still kind of had uh, the occasional day where we still had our takeaways and stuff, but it was just breakfast, lunch and dinner, just a proper breakfast, lunch and dinner. I know they say, like, you know, the whole three square meals a day and breakfast is the most important, but but it actually turned out to be, to be completely true. Um, so, you know, just having one of our own breakfasts, our own lunches and our own dinners, mm. just snacking in between on fruit and just cut out everything. Mm. Um, like what kind uh, of thing? You said pizzas and burgers and... Biscuits, I suppose. Chips. Takeaways, all that stuff, yeah. Carvery, rolls, all these things, you know, that, that was just convenient. But, like, I suppose we brought out the fact that, you know, you can still have convenient food, but but healthy. So we still do things like, you know, taco fries, and we still do, but our own healthy version of them. Right. Um, KFC, we do our own version of that, you right. know. Um, uh, yeah, it's just non-processed foods, no, no salt, none of that stuff. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. that and was yeah. Uh, it was a rapid... A rapid uh, weight loss, sorry. Yeah, six months, or six six stone in six months, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was just, I suppose, it how bad I was eating, you know. Yeah. Keeping, um, it, keeping it off then is the biggest problem, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it kind of goes up and down, all right. I kind of, yeah, it's just, um, I think you're going to went back up to about 14, and I, I think I'm kind of, 
hovered out about 13 and a half, 14 yeah. at the moment. Like, yeah, so, well, so. if I can get that to that, that weight now, I'll be doing all right. I'll be doing all right. But well, George, you're off I think I, I feel right. a bit ganged up on here, but no, the, the, no, <laughs> definitely. I, I think this, this, this body needs taking under control uh, soon enough, I, I would think, before before where people are calling me fat. You know what? No, but I mean, it's mentally as well, you know. Mentally, it's, it's hard. Like, if, when you're eating clean and eating healthy, it, it, you just feel better as well, yeah. you know. And that was the other thing is that, you know, you've a fair kind of clearer head and, you know, you feel yes. kind of better because you're not stuffing yourself full of junk. Pizzas and stuff. Right. So, Damien, congratulations. So. What's the name of the company again one time? Uh, Bodychef.ie. Bodychef.ie. All right, listen, good luck to you. Damien Shreenan, uh, 1850-715-996. Six done in six months. And a 24-hour gym. I do feel ganged up on here. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow just after nine. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cozy nights in. SolidFuelDepot.ie Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 